Hi, your editor Game Buddy here. Before we jump into this lovely episode with Sonic the Comic the Podcast, Dave Bulmer joining us to revisit some Sonic CD comic adaptations to pull the curtain back on a bit woven throughout our discussion today. You see, Falero and Luke devised a cunning plan to prank Dave with some believable fake Sonic history lore and sprinkled it in seamlessly at appropriate times. We've linked in the show notes all the materials they came up with to keep it going, so feel free to follow along when you hear them bringing up something that sounds just a little bit off. (laughs) Enjoy the show. And welcome to The Hill Is Always Greener. It's a Sonic podcast. It's a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog to distract themselves from the inevitable passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to relate to the youth. That was intentional. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, I Am Falero. There we go. I'm a podcast man. <laughs> I'm a Game Buddy. And I'm Cyberlink. And we probably should have worked out what was going to happen after that. <laughs> should I do one? Should I do one now? Should I do one? Hello, hello, I'm Dave. I'm oh, also whoa, here. Whoa, oh, look at that. That. Wow, Jake you, sound, Jake, you sound really different this week. You have a cold? Yes, that's right. I've regenerated. <laughs> uh, I died. Sorry, I died because I, I all the evil from the Chaos Emeralds went into me, and so I died. So. Oh, you you came out of the egg? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got into an egg. I've come out again in my new form. And so here we go. So from now on, or at least this episode, I am like this now. We got yeah, a new so- head writer and everything. It's weird. Um- <laughs> yeah. So listeners, Jake unfortunately could not be here with us this week, uh, but he will be chiming in a little bit later in the episode. But in his place, we are very excited to welcome Dave Bulmer, Demon Tomato Dave of Sonic the Comic the Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I have recently become a sort of roving Sonic podcast. People are inviting me on Sonic things because I know what that is. He's a little blue hedgehog I recognize when I see drawings of him. So people invite me on their podcast. Hello. Glad we finally got someone on here who can provide that knowledge. We've been like walking in the dark for a long time now. Exactly. I reckon. No, uh, the actual, for anyone who doesn't know, the actual reason I'm in is I've got a different Sonic podcast. I've got a a sort of a Britishy one um, called Sonic the Comic the Podcast. So that's why I'm here. It's very good. You should listen to it. You should. I'm really interested to see how this episode goes because we now have two arches and two boomers. It's going to be oh, <laughs> a nice even split. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, just to clarify, I am only an archist by birth. I am a... You know, <laughs> I, by an accident of geography. I'm not, I'm not so much practicing anymore, and I've actually been, <laughs> uh, you know, dabbling in some of the, the STC uh, practices lately mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, again, I subscribe to Latter-day Archism, so... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you're all disappointing your parents. <laughs> oh, that, I, oh, we didn't need Archism to do that. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you were christened in Not Whole River. The important thing is that you're with us <laughs> now, and you've seen the light of a uh, good Sonic. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, 
No, it's good. It's really cool because the thing about this podcast is I came in here being like, right, I'm the only British one. I've got to represent British yep. Sonic. But it turns out that these two lads, partly due to your podcast, Dave, yours and Chris's mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. Uh, have actually come around to that world. And I'm that really happy about that. That is the point. Our podcast is basically a sort of evangelicalism for the Brit- <laughs> no it's not it's all jokes we all like everybody really but the we do have a different comic and we've got we did genuinely get quite sick of the fact that the whole of internet sonic fandom was sort of written in the archie days and so people kind of write off uh stc even though we think it is better so we wanted to make a kind of an equivalent thing mm. about it that would make people think that it was okay to take seriously so that's why we did it's about time because there's a lot of cherry pick panels out there. Yep, oh I was I was about to say I I think I even I have written and deleted several screeds talking about how silly it is to pretend like STC Sonic is any more of a a jerk than any other regular Sonic because yeah you can't you can't just pick out little bits and pieces here and well the interesting thing. It's not just that it's it, it's not just that it's out of context or whatever because you know uh, we like to joke there's a there's a what is it there's a page of Archie somewhere or something like that where Tails seems like he's a huge jerk and so we make fun of that or, but but what it is is that the panels that get passed around that make Sonic look like he's a huge dick in the British comic <laughs> are like I don't I don't really argue that he's being one in those panels. But generally speaking, the story of that issue is that he had a temporary problem that lasts five pages. And mm-hmm. the story is that he, it, you know, it's called out and he has to acknowledge it and move on and grow. And so it's like, no, what you're doing there is you've noticed good writing and you have misunderstood it. <laughs> yes, I was about to say, I know exactly the Archie Tales story you're talking about. Duh. And that's, I, that might have been one of the ones that started under old writers and was tried mm-hmm. to be salvaged by the new Archie writers. Uh, it's a bad story. Like, yeah. on the whole, no. it was a bad story that they 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 had to end that way. And so it, it is the complete opposite with Sonic the comic. I've, and I've been reading and uh, come across all of those panels out of context. And then within it might've been, um, you know, I kind of understand the way it came out. The comics were, yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. the difference is they are five, six uh pages of stories and then you have to wait for the next one but most of those um out of context panels turn back around into like a like a genuine well-written moment but the one i'm immediately coming to is when uh like porker lewis basically decides to retire from the freedom fighters and go that's uh, the one isn't it yep that's the one because because people who haven't read that issue have seen the like one or two panels where sonic is like going you know oh you're weak you shouldn't be in the group you're weak and and that's but the thing is that that is a seven page story about toxic masculinity being exacerbated by pressure yes exactly and it's brilliant it's one of the best stories anyone's ever written about sonic the hedgehog (laughs) and that's the point you're supposed to get like all of his friends are like whoa sonic what the hell and he works it out and the strip ends with him saying to porker we wouldn't have you any other way yes um and that is the panel that I trollingly used as the cover art for that episode of yeah. the Comic the Podcast. <laughs> it's it really is. It's you you have to, and I think y'all have y'all have hashed this out on on STC the podcast. But it, you really do also have to have some like uh, uh, cultural place yeah. yourself. It was especially for you know 
an American, um, you not only have to go back to the 90s, you have to go back to specifically, you know, the British 90s and just how sometimes you were an asshole to your friends because you loved them so much. <laughs> not, not even sometimes. Like, that is, yeah. how, that is how British men communicate. So, so I yesterday, I was sitting in a pub yesterday and there was two men sitting at a table and a third man came in. And the two men at the table rolled their eyes and did a big dramatic sigh. And that was that was touching to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, look, they're best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were, you know, he came and sat with them and they were great friends and they had a good time. That's just how we communicate. And it, But the thing is, that Sonic story tapped into the fact and was about the fact that we do that because we are embarrassed to share feelings as men. It's a toxic masculinity thing. It's about mm. relationships between men and like that... That that story was good. Anyway, that's yes. I've hashed that out elsewhere. <laughs> Look, so, we're yeah. all British. We're all we, we we don't know how to express ourselves. We the the most like emotionally connected we can get one of one another is talking about the weather and how bad the rain was yesterday. It's all bants though, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to him going on. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> all, all that to say up top is that if you have not read Sonic the comic, you you should absolutely. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say this before we move on. Like, we're going to get mm. into a lot of this because it's kind of part of the topic of the episode. Sure. But uh, STC Sonic is a case of like so many Sonic fans these days are so used to milk toast, boring shonen protagonist Sonic that anytime Sonic shows any actual like character, character flaws or character yeah. in general, it's yeah. seen as like this blasphemous thing. And it's just come on. Well, because and and it's it makes sense. Like it's understandable because the thing is. Sonic is a logo, mm-hmm. and they have to make sure that it that, that that nobody does anything with this. Is this sounds more cynical than I'm being? Like I understand why. I think this is this makes total sense to me that they have to be careful that their property, their logo, their trademark isn't undermined by anyone doing anything with it that would undermine that. And that's such a delicate balance. Like normally. Whole advertising teams are put together of experts whose job it is to make sure that that doesn't happen. So they they are careful now. They're very careful now. For some reason, in the nineties, I guess because they were just you know they, they were still building the brand. They didn't yeah. quite know what. To, Get him out there. Put him on anything. Yeah, there was more. There just was more freedom to have him do more things, and so naturally, more interesting stuff is going to come out of that. That's why we've got such a, an eclectic mix of versions. That's why we have Archie and STC at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, even, that. or even right now, you have mm. some different television shows coming out. Even have a movie Sonic, who is a distinctly his own personality. That's right. But yeah. those are very carefully, very, very. Ca- mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not like oh, this comic writer came up with this this week. No, mm. there, there are teams involved in making sure that that goes well. I think that's why it's able to happen uh, now. I think it's just slightly different. That's why old Sonic feels weird to modern Sonic fans. And modern Sonic feels weird to us because we remember what Sonic was and, and now it feels like it may have been a bit blind, blandized. Mm. But you can see why. I will freely admit, as much as I enjoy STC, STC Sonic mm-hmm. is not my Sonic, but mm-hmm. who cares yeah. if it's not my Sonic? It's Sonic for an entire generation of older fans. And mm-hmm. in, on this podcast, all Sonics are valid. You cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah, that's the <laughs> way. There's just so many Sonics, to be honest, at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, yes, we're, we're very, we're, we're very sincere in saying that you can like a game, you can like a Sonic, but I do occasionally say something mean. Like, I wonder if some people who don't like uh, Sonic showing, you know, broad characters because the games they grew up with were the ones in the early 2000s when they were eight years old that, that were weren't uh, written very well. Yeah. And then poorly adapted yeah. where everyone's just, <laughs> but, you know, mm. I acknowledge that that's. That's mean, but that's... Well, that's for a second you were going to say, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, for all those fans who don't like it when Sonic shows a bit of nipple. And I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There are no Sonic fans who don't like that. I so wish. I so wish. <laughs> it's the one thing that unifies us all. <laughs> all this to say that we're going to be talking about some very different versions of Sonic today, because as the third mm. part in our Sonic City extravaganza... We are going to be looking back at three different comic adaptations of the Sonic CD storyline, starting mm. off with the Sonic Terminator from Sonic the Comic, followed by Go Ahead, Mecha My Day from early Archie, and then finishing off with Genesis of a Hero Part 3, the final issue of the Archie comic, which is it's a weird thing to think about that we're jumping immediately to the end after really only having done one or two other previous issues. But I don't mind seeing how it dies. <laughs> Some, sometimes reading early Archie, I'm like, I just want this to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. We'll get into it. See, I think it's best to just jump right in and start with uh, the Sonic Terminator, since that was the first one to be released chronologically between April and June of 1994 in issues 24 through 28 of STC. Uh, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, letters by Steve Potter. God, it's odd, odd to hear that said in a third voice. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Normally me or Chris that reads out those names. I believe this was the first issue or first series of issues of STC I ever read. This would have been like 15 years ago, maybe. It's certainly a long time ago. Oh, what a great place to start. I'm really trying to rack my brain to see if I have, I've probably seen the panel of the fully revealed metallics before I yeah. sat down to read STC. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I do remember that that was a weird barrier to entry because of the, the format, which is a bunch of stories in a magazine and not like an American style 22 yeah. to 28 page comic book. But yeah. um, gosh, I tell you what, right off the bat, the, the art for STC and mm. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir is gorgeous, yeah. like mm. completely out of a. Uh, just out of any league that I remember reading comics, like as a young kid. Um, yeah, yeah, it's bananas how good it is, and and it felt like that at the time. It, we we were just looking at these pages, just going, what? <laughs> how how is this as good as this? Yeah, <laughs> um, it, I, I do like that. Even though these the, like these first two issues don't have a ton to do with the you know the main CD adaption, mm. um, it's still just so nice to look at with the the opening with with the Grimer and Doctor Robotnik putting a you know we we get barely a glimpse of this uh, this shape Badnik taking out this this fake uh, Sonic. Yeah. Um, before we we jump to Emerald Hill, where the uh, the Freedom Fighters are trying to prevent this this raid on the the poor Emerald Hill yeah. folk, Kitching and Elson was the dream team for that comic, and for good reason. And it really does show in this. This was like I think one of the first cases where you really got to see both of them just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, 
it is a bit of a weird thing for like new fans to just be dropped right into this though because you you got like there's grimer there's adventures robotnik all of a sudden there's yeah. a bunch of pirates uh, it's a lot to yeah. take in <laughs> yeah it is yeah that the, the one sort of thing that makes it a bit awkward because what i want to say and what i will be saying over the course of this is that this is the best one <laughs> out of the <laughs> out of the sonic cd adaptations this is the best one that is my opinion um but it yes it is complicated slightly by the fact that it basically does start with some other stuff which is the kind of thing that me and chris have been a little bit critical of <laughs> a little bit have been enormously vocally critical of the archie comics for doing um and yeah the, that's just that is just the case the sort of preamble to the story is about this other stuff but then once it kicks off it's it's pretty sonic cd yeah, I I think that if I were, you know, re-editing this, I would have taken those first two issues and tied them in with the previous storyline and made the Sonic yeah. Terminator just parts three through five. But, you know, mm. it does a good job of kind of teasing Metallics as a threat and it's just kind of setting him up as this ultimate bad guy that Sonic is going to have to inevitably fight in the next couple of issues. Well, that's the thing. I was wondering um, where you would want to start this, because in my opinion, basically, yeah, the Sonic CD adaptation kind of starts with the Sonic Terminator Part 3. But the previous issues are kind of like, well, here's some Sonic stuff, but in the background, there is this Metal Sonic just starting to be teased. And then having, of course, its big reveal panel, which kind of makes it fairly important yes but i i would still probably start it at three just because i feel like it's pretty common trope to have like the reveal of the upcoming villain in at the end of the Mm -hmm. previous arc as a teaser Mm -hmm. for the next one like that was something that you'd see fairly often in archie and i feel like that would have made sense in this case had they decided to edit sonic terminator down to just those last three parts Oh, yeah, it, it is funny you mentioned that I have uh, I'm actually in the process of cataloging my old Archie collection to either donate to somebody or <laughs> get rid of just because I don't need all those physical issues. But I am remembering as a child before I could like afford to subscribe to get it sent to my house that I would just go to the local grocery store, whoever had a comics rack and would miss singular issues in the Mm. middle of stories and pick up the next one. And just being like, I have no idea what's going on and might never because (laughs) it's hard to get those issues. Yeah. I, I was the same way. Like when I would get Archie, it would always be, you know, at the grocery store rack or like in the airport right before a long trip or something, never like in a, any kind of continuous sort of way. You know, I, I will say this about STC and I don't know if it's, uh, uh, I, like I mentioned before, if it's because I have transcended as an old Sonic (laughs) fan and I'm now a fan of Sonic, you know, a Sonic, but I do think that all of the additions that STC made just, it's so much better in this like world that is obviously based off of the games than I would say, you know, like random characters that that Archie or Sadam introduced. Because I think, you know, like on its face, the 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 Captain Plunder and his pirate teams seems like a weird concept. But then when they drop in and are fighting the, you know, the the combat robots and also this general Trusk fellow, um, mm-hmm. And we know from the, the previous stories that they're after the Chaos Emerald. It, it just all blends in. And it's it's fun stuff. Like, the, 
the the part the pirate captain's first mate is a guy that is a ghost because uh, <laughs> Captain Plunder shot him in the head and he stuck around and I just I I love and it. He does, he's forgiven him. He's not bothered. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, it, no, that was my yeah, fault. That felt just great. It's like yeah for taking the last biscuit. You know, it's serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just there's stuff like that. So I don't even mind that. Yes, this first story and then the next one uh, are mo- mostly involve that because the they the guys are after the chaos emeralds and so they they head towards the cave to grab them. And then when they get them, realize, uh, uh, what is it? Poor Tails uh, remembers that the Chaos Emeralds are filled with evil and might make the pirates even <laughs> worse. And when Sonic catches up to him, it's the opposite, that they have fully neutralized all of the <laughs> the naughtiness in the pirates and they just hand them back over to Sonic. Peace and love, <laughs> man. The idea there, that, that's all Sonic lore, basically, is that the Chaos Emeralds sucked in all the evil on Mobius and then one day there was this accident with the running it's not quite right because it was kinterbor's machine that made them suck in the yeah. energy but whatever yes. it's a funny joke it's fine uh-huh <laughs> uh, we, we could chalk we could chalk that up to the radiation that uh, affected the rock exactly i'm actually <laughs> glad the uh listeners of this show will actually be familiar with the concept of the chaos emeralds absorbing all the evil because yeah, we yeah. talked about the bibles in length uh, yes and the funny fact that that was an american thing but the yeah. americans didn't use it they just <laughs> yeah they just didn't care well it's because isn't that weird it's so weird that in america like they had the same branding and they had the same company behind it but because deke just came up with something else for a cartoon series that got to be the de facto thing. It's weird. Anyway, never mind. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, no. We we talk about that. I think they might have shown up in STC first, but the, what was it? Mm. The two pieces of concept art for the Sonic show right. with the, right, uh, yeah. the weird looking Sally and the Sonic kissing the fish. And then mm. th- like barely anybody used any of that. It yeah. is well, there's very just, weird. There's, there's such a clear through line. Like it starts off with like, yeah, the early branding stuff. Sonic's got all these friends. He's got... The walrus, the pig, the rabbit, the ones from the games. That little squirrel, mm-hmm. she's called Sally Acorn. And then from there, you, it gets developed into that weird one where they're like freedom fighters now. And then from and then everybody branches off from that. That's why we've got freedom fighters in the UK. Mm-hmm. That's why America's got freedom fighters. But Deke just developed it into a different thing. And that's, you know, Johnny Lightfoot is Bunny Rabbit. They're, they're from the same Basically, thing. yeah. God, I've never put that together, but yes, yeah. you're 100% that's, that's right. That's what it is. Sat.am is a, de- a development of that. I mean, Porker's wrote a kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or Joe Sushi. Porker <laughs> and Joe Sushi kind of blended to create Rotor. Huh. That's, yeah. <laughs> I do love, before we get to the, you know, the big reveal of Metallics, is just the this beautifully rendered panel of Sonic discovering the, the pirates <laughs> have basically <laughs> become, you know, the the hippie flower children and mm-hmm. just <laughs> it's just very good it's again you know I- any other piece of media i would say wow these you know these pirates look way too detailed to match with sonic but <laughs> yeah. it, just because it is part of this world it's it's I-, I like it a lot and yeah of course they just hand the emeralds over and you know sonic gets to hold it over tails head that he was right and tails was wrong we get a we get a <laughs> pixel brain in there right at the end i don't <laughs> think i ever actually noticed filch in that panel of all of them like because it's kind he's kind of obscured by the inset of sonic like he's just in that little teeny space on the left you almost can't make him out i i literally didn't notice him until looking at it just now i had always wondered like why isn't he in that panel it's it's weird it's like he's sitting crisscross applesauce in the corner, just getting centered. 
But yep, this is at the end of this one is where we get the full reveal of mm. the metallics. I don't do. I don't think we get his name till the next one. Yeah, we don't. No. Yeah, but no. man, what a he's. Woof, it's scary. <laughs> we take a moment to talk about the name because this is going to be one of those things mm-hmm. that you know uh, fans not familiar with STC might be confused about is that he's metallics here, the Metal Sonic, and uh, I just think that's a better name. <laughs> it's got an x in it of course it's a better name <laughs> the entire title is so cool the metallics the metal sonic is i that it's yes it's cool well, because <laughs> if you're writing a story if you're writing like wait, in the game there's a metal sonic so he's called metal so he's not he's not I don't, he's not even really called that do you know what i mean he's a he is a metal sonic when you're writing a comic you want him to have a name so he's metallics um now by this time um, you know, it might even have been when this first one was was done. Probably not when it came out. I'm sure they'd done it by then. But he was going to be called Metallico. That was going to be his mm. original name, and that is not as good by a long way. No. Um, he was going to be in the scripts for the whole thing. He's Metallico, and like, n- no, it's good that they st- settled on Metallics. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. By the time this book would have come out, we've already had a couple of games that have had different metal sonics uh you oh, had yeah. sonic 2 had the the mecha or yeah. i think silver sonic was he, he was known for a while he, even in the the 8-bit sonic 2 you've got that little silver yeah. sonic yeah so I, I you see the logic that there are metal sonics and this is metallics the metal sonic so it, yeah, it exactly. makes perfect sense especially yeah. not to jump ahead but when we get to archie and they f- up the name and oh my god yeah <laughs> call him yeah. mecha sonic for years when it was oh supposed to yeah, not just Sonic. that issue. It continues. Yeah, on no, for a that while. would last for a while. Okay, yes. well, we'll talk about that when we get to that. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so yeah, jump ahead to say that you know it might be different, but STC got it correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it wasn't a mistake on their part. They knew what he was called. They yeah. just chose a better name. They just yes. thought it'd be cooler yeah. if he was called it. <laughs> this is the thing. Now, it is exactly the Metal Sonic from the game. It's the exact design, and it's, it's everything's the same. But. Because Richard Elson is so good at drawing, <laughs> he has a different aspect to him that kind of is sort of STC's own in some way, even though nothing's actually different. No. I don't know how to describe it. It's just he looks great is what it is. He looks pointier. He looks yeah. more da- he looks sharper and more dangerous somehow. Mm. <laughs> I would even say in, and looking at these, these comparatively earlier issues of STC is... Um, if if I had to wager an educated guess that he gives Metallics a very similar uh like brow to where he gives Sonic, you know he, yeah. he he gives Sonic has kind of that relaxed brow instead of you know like the the super furrowed that a lot of official arts give Sonic, right. and it it looks to me even looking at this uh the the panels in the the next issue twenty six of the the fight with with metallics is that they have similar structures and so it does give it its own unique like this is a you know an stc metal sonic yeah 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 um and also sonic metal sonic's design has just sort of changed over the years in a way oh definitely and so like if you type if you just like google image search metal sonic you get this uh, what i think is a slightly odd design that looks a bit more like a flower in some way whereas Original Metal Sonic was very, very pointy and spiky, and, and that's yeah, what Richard's Yeah, he's a bit more curved in the uh, art when you look at it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll even see that, again, to jump ahead, the later Archie is, it is a CD adaption, but I think it is using the more, like, refined 
quote unquote mm-hmm. modern design of Metal Sonic, and it, it does it does stand out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although while we're on the subject of names, Dave, maybe you can answer this for us. We were trying mm. to figure out before the show started. Where did the name Miracle Planet come from? Because we couldn't find it in any of the manuals or anything, and I'm, I'm, I have no idea why mm. they made, they changed Little Planet to Miracle Planet for STC. I wish I could tell you. I, I can't. No, we didn't know either. Is it from the European manual? I, no, I, we checked the manual earlier. It says Little Planet. Right. Well, you must... checked that because I was just looking at the wiki because it's it's also known as uh, Kiseki no Hoshi. Uh, the Miracle Planet in Japanese, apparently, so it might be... Yes, I think that's what we discovered, that it's, that yes, that it's, like, translates to Miracle Planet in Japanese, and they just... <laughs> yeah, it's it seems like that was that was where we arrived. It's just funny that there is no documentation of that. It's both, I think. I think, oh, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Little Planet and Miracle Planet, but one, one is written, like, in Japanese, it's written out, like, literally in English, like, essentially... But the other one, but, but Miracle Planet is Kiseki no Hoshi, so it's almost like a subtitle for it. It just feels right for it, too. I mean, it is a little planet, but <laughs> Miracle Planet. Because Never Lake made it into, like, every continuity that I know of. Yeah. That is the official name of the lake it appears over. Just one of those weird quirks, I guess. But yes, in STC, it's always, it's, they never say Little Planet. It's always the Miracle Planet. I think they might say Little Planet once. Yeah, they might describe it as the little planet that goes around yeah. Mobius yeah. or whatever. Oh, oh, or was it in that Sonic's World where it was? It like, might have been in Sonic's World, where like yeah. early days descriptions of Sonic CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but generally speaking, it is called the Miracle Planet in the same way that, uh, conversely, um, where where I think STC perhaps did the wrong thing, they never say Angel Island. They always say The Floating Island. It's the same in Archie, isn't it, at first? I believe so, yeah, until, I, as far as I remember, until Sonic Adventure yeah. uh, canonized it. It's like, no, that's the whole thing, is Angel Island. No, yeah. it's The Floating Island. Usually, big T, big F, big I, proper noun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Floating Island. Um, yep, that was that was another one of those things. Weird that they gave us a clue in the first level uh, of Sonic 3. Yeah. <laughs> we just completely, well, I'm going to ignore that. One thing I do really like about the first fight between Sonic and Metallics is use basically Metallics chucking the rocks at Sonic as a way oh. of sort of recreating yes. him going through the rocks in the intro. It's a really nice touch. Yeah, they, they adapt the intro, which I didn't know at the time because I hadn't seen the intro, but they adapt it so cleverly. That tall rock that Sonic stands on and does... That incredible, subtle change of poses that's just one of the most wonderful pieces of animation anyone's ever done. Where Mm. he's standing there and then he just relaxes slightly. Well, that, in this, that's what Metallics has put Amy on. And Sonic has to rescue her by whizzing round the thing like he does in the intro. But in this, it's to cut steps into it that she can get down. Brilliant. And then there's Metallics and he throws the rocks at him that he has to get through like in the intro. It's great. Can, can I just say before we move on to the story proper that I think I've made the decision that STC Amy is my favorite Amy Rose yeah, because of, of her because of her design. I love that it was obviously based on that one <laughs> piece of Sonic CD official art, and they said, yeah. "Oh, that's just how her hair looks." And I'm like, "They that's how it should have looked because yeah. she looks it's her own unique character, and they very obviously." Um, um, and if I remember correctly, you know they had a they had a editor change at STC that Amy is not just the girl. Exactly. Uh, she has her own character. She still has um uh you know bits of her her crush on Sonic, but uh, she's just 
much more interesting. And I know that gets even better when she be she becomes friends with Techno, but it is such yeah. a contrast to how they treated Amy. Basically, is a non-entity until Sonic Adventure. It's so much better because, like the 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 sort of canon Amy from Sega, even now, is like she fancies Sonic, and that's kind of it. She's like a, a problematic fangirl, I think Chris described her as recently. Yeah, th- they've walked that back a lot over the last decade or so. But but you know. in STC, the it, the concept is very slightly to one side, at least to begin with, which is that she's. She finds it amusing to tease Sonic into thinking that she's obsessed with him. And so she'll go around being like, yeah, I love Sonic. And the and the locals are all like, oh, there's there's Sonic's girlfriend, Amy Rose. And she's like, no, it's not my girlfriend. And she's going, yes, yeah, anything you say, <laughs> darling, and all this. It's, it's She's trolling him. And it's so much funnier. <laughs> Yes, and and also the fact that yeah they give they give her a crossbow a bow and yeah, arrow yeah that is also like radical <laughs> yeah and the, one of the like, first things she does in the series is she makes a deal with a sky pirate wicked <laughs> that's true in this arc so yeah in a world of I again I distinctly remember after Amy shows up in Archie Sonic they basically forget about her for the next ten years and she does nothing because they just had no. They they had nothing to give her. Like even, yeah. even she, it's not like she showed up in any more games until Sonic Adventure either. So I I yeah. so much appreciate what SDC did with Amy. Yeah, she's, like she's I don't think cool. Amy really had too much of a presence aside from like the racing games, fighters, and like Sonic Game World, which barely counts. Oh yeah, she was they incredibly rare. To it, and, yeah. they would, <laughs> and they did so begrudgingly, uh, just like anything involving the games. <laughs> like in the. Yeah, like in the whole '90s, Amy was only really in STC. Mm-hmm. That you know what I mean. She would she would pop in from time to time elsewhere, but there were no, you know, for anyone young listening who was not, there was no such thing as an Amy Rose f- figure or anything. Yeah, she never no. in, never in the mainline game. Certainly, only ever in spinoffs. Yeah, and to get like even even interesting bits of character for Amy, you would have to go read like translated stuff that mentions she likes fortune telling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. only now I, I think has been like acknowledged in like modern stuff where she'll she'll break out tarot cards or explain that's why she has a magic hammer and <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, STC Amy is the best. I love her. <laughs> you can get you can get figures of classic Amy now. Yeah. But they're wrong because they've made her look right like the way she's supposed to look. <laughs> and she's supposed to be based on a misinterpreted drawing from the Sonic CD with the spikes no. up. And I like that look better. It's, <laughs> it is better. The, the reason that she's so good in STC, though, is that there's a place for her in it because there was a place for her in the games. Like, you had Sonic and Tails, and then, like, Knuckles as a tougher rival, and then, you know, and, and this is outdated now, but a girl one. There was yeah. a space for that in the cast. There needed to be a girl one, and that was Amy. And then once they'd, you know, given her cursory intro as, like, damsel, they didn't have anything else to do with it. But in the comic, there was this gaping hole that a girl one could fill perfectly. Whereas in Archie, you already had Sally and Bunny. They had two girl ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's two of them. So there wasn't really anything left to do with Amy. I mean, that's not true, of course, but they just couldn't come up with anything else to do. And so, yeah, that's why she had more of a presence in ours, I guess. They, they had a similar, uh, we, we touched on it, but had a similar problem with Tails in the other media where, gosh, I think Archie introduces like 
half a dozen characters whose trait is they're geniuses who build things. You have like yeah. Rotor and Uncle Chuck and Nate Morgan and et cetera, et cetera. And by the time you get to trying to bring that trait into Tales, it's literally like, oh, okay, I guess he's smart too. <laughs> well, what's, what's really interesting about it is that in the earliest stuff that came out of Sega of America and, and then sign of, kind of really landed here in the Martin Adams books and so on, Sally Acorn is the girl one. <laughs> so, true. like, that actually, you know, that translated to, to Archie and Satayem, you know, better than it did here because here, as soon as we had Amy, we just didn't do Sally Acorn anymore. There, there just wasn't... And Porker was the clever one. Even in some of the really early Bible stuff, they mentioned that Porker's the clever one. We don't know exactly when that started because there's a missing Bible. There's something missing. Yeah, we were talking about that. There's like a third one that seems to have informed lots of the stuff in Stay Sonic. Yeah. Just didn't, yeah. Like, where, where did Sophocles come from originally? That's what yeah. I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Sonic and Owls. It's it's there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, it, one day it'll surface and it'll be fascinating. to. I mean, we, we um, on our podcast, we managed to interview James Wallace, who wrote some of the Martin Adams stuff, so Sonic in the Fourth Dimension, and the game books. And, we didn't know this, but he told us, plenty of Stay Sonic, or at least some of Stay Sonic. The problem is he doesn't remember which bits. And, <laughs> yeah. and what that means is that he will have had this missing Bible, but he's lost everything. Like, I don't, he should probably just deleted it as soon as he'd finished the job. Yeah, um, understandable. Because why why keep it? Like, why would you ever? Um, but yes, this, this many years later, he regrets that because it means that yeah, the, that's just missing now. That's just gone. Well, how, how was he to have known? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I am immensely thankful that we do have... I have learned so much just doing research for this show of how much has been properly archived. And it yeah. just makes me... It does make my heart ache for these small gaps that are probably lost forever. But I am immensely thankful for the people who did. Yeah. You know, maybe even back then thought, I should hang on to this. I don't think... I don't think anything's ever lost forever because just in like the last sort of... You know, 10 years or so so much stuff everyone always thought was lost forever yeah it shows up it just always shows up just wait it'll be somewhere yeah i mean i never would have thought that you know talking about a previous episode sega sonic bros servicing out of nowhere like a whole game we didn't know existed there it is i still don't know that exists so i'm gonna listen to that episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah the arcade one we cover a lot of stuff yeah <laughs> A, a weird puzzle game that ended up being what we think was the origin of the Blue Spheres music from Sonic 3. Yeah. Whoa, okay. That's the first I'll... time it appeared, back in 92, I, I think. will listen to that crazy, one. Okay. Crazy, crazy. Also kind of the origin of Ray and Mighty as well, kind sort of. of. What, before Sega Sonic Arcade? Yeah, they were in Red Sonic, but they were, they filled the same roles almost. So this is before the, the Sega Arcade, Sega Sonic Arcade game? Yes. Yeah. Huh, well, I never. Right, that's another episode. Yep. Yes. <laughs> well, I do. I do love that the ending of this fight is okay. I do have to say that if I was a child when I first read this, mm. I would have said the panel where Amy uh, says that the the two Sonics are too fast to even follow. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, just like Dragon Ball Z. This is so cool. <laughs> but I do love that they even do the the metallics come stumbling out of the clearing smoke. Mm. And yet for a second you think, oh, my goodness, he's, <laughs> you know, Sonic's been beaten. And then he falls over with a, his power failure. Yeah. But you think, oh, wow, that was that must be it until he pops right back up and gives Sonic the old karate chop to the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> and grabs Amy. 
and runs off to the Miracle Planet, and then we get to start Sonic CD. Yep. Um, with the a- with the added in the next episode, it starts with this great little idea, which is that everybody else down on the planet, including Tails, because of course he's not in Sonic CD. I've just realised now right. that's why. <laughs> well, he is now. But. They're all well. They're all down on the surface, and they watch as the Miracle Planet fades away because it, it does. It's only here sometimes. So now Sonic is like trapped up there. In what we see in the next panel is this like this awful mechanical hellscape with all fire coming out of it and everything, and mm. and he's trapped up there with this metal Sonic, and he's trying to protect Amy, and it's 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 such a heightened situation for him to be in. You can tell you're in a big important story. Yes, yeah, this is such a it's such a good uh, another just beautiful establishing shot, like you said that mm-hmm. we we've been able to see the the miracle planet from the ground that you know the the fire is shooting out of it, and then you get this beautiful shot of Sonic and Amy just standing in the middle of of like you said, just this horrible it, it almost looks like a like or uh uh organic weeds, yeah. but it's all this terrible metal that is obviously you know with these big fires like just burning away at this the very uh you know the very earth of this little planet yeah. and it's it, it looks painful <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's such a great establishing shot um before yeah metallics literally leaps out of a piece of the background like he is um merged in with it to to attack sonic and amy again. He kind of phases through it do you know there's, there's an interesting point about this i don't know if you've heard um the episode where we covered this but we found out that in the script it's that he it's described as more like there's all this complicated machinery and then part of it unfolds and turns out to be metallics and he can just essentially hunker down and and just like be kind of invisible against the stuff but that you know practically drawing that in a comic that's a bit like difficult to look at so he's just had him phase through I like how it ties into later when when it's revealed that Metallics basically has like unlimited power to like heal himself and continue attacking Sonic because he is connected to this the Miracle Planet which has been totally taken over. Yes. So I I would even say that 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 the, him just coming out of it is like oh it's almost like it's they are part of the same contraption. Oh, to, uh, um, everyone, we have a brief invasion here from. ITW Sonic Artist Tammy Bulmer. Oh ho! Celebrity appearance. Hi. Sorry, I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> hello. <going>? Hey. <laughs> I'm about to go to bed. Is all. Oh I right. Would, oh. And say hello and stuff. And you having a good time talking about Metal Sonic? We are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I'm being patronizing as well, but i'm exactly as interested yeah. in sonic as everyone else so <laughs> of course <laughs> thank you scathing wife for a second <laughs> yes we're a uh <laughs> we only know each other because of sonic fan forums on the yeah, internet yes that's how we met <laughs> i can relate to that yeah <laughs> oh for certain <laughs> anyway good night everyone sonic connects us all good night abby have a good podcast good night, good night. Good night. thank you <laughs> right carry on <laughs> yeah, I I love Sonic literally running around the planet to deliver like a wow, yeah, full strength punch. It's like it, it's straight out of the Flash playbook, but it's just so perfect. Well, and it's particularly perfect here because it is a little planet. Yeah, we it's plausible that Sonic, you know, it, it isn't very plausible if he did this back on Mobius. He still might do it, but in an earlier issue, maybe. But here, yeah, it makes perfect sense. He's on this little planet; he can just nip around it. 
That would give him a super-powered spin attack. <laughs> that for sure, you would think, for sure has taken out this robot, but no. Mm. <laughs> I think this, this is where we actually get where he reveals that, yes, he is continuously drawing power from this horrible contraption and seems to be unable to be defeated. When you think about it, like not only have they made Metal Sonic or Metallics as he is here look more intimidating, they've actually made him more of a threat than he was in Sonic CD. Oh, way more quite impressive. In Sonic CD, yeah. he's barely a threat at all. Like he doesn't he doesn't hurt you any more than a normal Badnik does, and all you do is run a race with him and win it. He just runs right into a wall. It's yeah. very pathetic, actually, when you think about That's it. That's how Metal Sonic died, <laughs> was he ran into a wall. He got better. oh another difference and uh, you know like i said we're going to get to those archie issues is metal sonic in both of these early ones is talking up a storm Mm. metallics is the only one that i would say works because he just sounds like a jackass in the archie (laughs) archie issues because i guess they were trying to say well he's a copy of sonic wouldn't he copy sonic's personality and that's just let me tell you nine early archie's sad am 90 sonic uh, personality is not intimidating coming out of a robot no. copy. I have a slightly different take on that, but I'll save it until we get there. But yeah, I agree. Here he is a, a very intimidating, horrible robot. Yes, and it's also um, and again, people should read STC so they yep. can get to the Brotherhood of the Metallics. Ugh. Always feels like its own thing. Like even if you can obviously say like, oh yeah, Brotherhood of Metallics is how you get um, you know the concept of like Daleks in yeah. in STC. It always feels like it is its own thing, and so it's never just you know a, I am a robot destroyed. It's like no, Metallics has his own personality, and the Brotherhood especially yeah. feels like their own threatening force that is being captured properly in the books yeah the i'm pretty sure that what you know nigel kitching was doing there was writing dalek stories and i think he said that but yeah he was writing particularly good ones is the thing like there are actual dalek (laughs) stories that didn't handle the daleks anywhere near as well as nigel kitching did when he did the brotherhood of metallics and that's yeah that but that's his concept of because he's british so that's the concept of a horrible robot here it's like we will get you we are going to keep coming and we will simply not stop until you are exterminated and and it, and also this was you know we'd had terminator 2 not long ago so this is called the sonic terminator mm-hmm. right right <laughs> yeah that basically it's just imagine the most horrible robot possible that's what this is whereas you know other versions of him yeah he's wise cracking in archie and then like you know, Metal Sonic today, we had David Marriott on uh, STCTP and he kind of describes him as, as way more of a machine. Like, his his Metal Sonic doesn't speak and uh, and is silent and will kind of do physical communication stuff. And that's kind of closer. That's more like what we had with Metallics, except it can't yell at you. And that's part of what's scary about Metallics in particular. It is interesting that now there seems to be, you know, we were talking about Sega relaxing uh, story things is there did seem to be at some time Sega decided Metal Sonic does not talk anymore, Mm. even though we had an entire game bring Metal Sonic back in Sonic Heroes, where again, he's talking up a storm, but it's very much a it's a scary robot, you know, Terminator type thing. And they specifically change it. So it's like, yeah, he can talk, but only when he's in his Neo Metal Sonic form yeah. from that game. Otherwise, he has to be silent. 
it is interesting. I'm specifically remembering there is a, uh, I think it was a, a bonus story in a, in a IDW annual that it's about six to eight pages of metal Sonic. And there is no dialogue mm-hmm. and it fully relies on the artist's ability to project emotions onto metal Sonic. And I think that is possible, but still to this day, I'm like, you could let metal Sonic say something <laughs> cool. <laughs> He doesn't have to be silent, but it, it, it is interesting to see how that has gone back and forth with the character of this of this robot doppelganger of Sonic. Yeah, it's interesting how popular a character he is, isn't it? Yeah, we yes. we, we talked about this a lot when we did the uh, OVA for mm. a previous episode, and I still think Metal Sonic is the superior Sonic doppelganger rival character in that you know Shadow has an interesting character arc that's when Sega's not walking it back, but mm-hmm. Metal Sonic is, <laughs> at the end of the day, he is always going to be an immoral Sonic whose sole purpose is to destroy the real one. That's an interesting threat. That's always going to be, it's always going to feel high stakes. I think it's just that he looks really cool. Yeah, that too. looks so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're, when you're comparing Sonic's various rivals, like, You've got, you know, Knuckles becomes the friendly nemesis. And like you said, Shadow already has its own thing going on. And then who have you got? Jet the Hawk. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at just the mention of his name. But it was the know. way he said it. <laughs> yeah, well, only one of them's got a turbocharged jet engine in his chest. Yes, so exactly. that's the one I yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> I do love, we were talking, uh, you know, up at the top, how, how STC goes out of their way to implement the games. And so when this little Sonic from oh. the future bumps into Metallics um, and then immediately tells the regular Sonic to jump into the shrinking beam from uh, Metallic Madness, yeah. I, that's just great. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's great, isn't it? Because how could it be cooler? To have a little tiny weenie Sonic. Like, that's just great. We <laughs> yeah. love Sonic, and here's one that's weenie. Brilliant. And that's true in yeah. the game. Like, when he sh- when Sonic shrinks in the game, it's just one of the best things that's ever happened in the Sonic game. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a reason they brought it back in Sonic Mania for every character. Ah, yeah. it's I know. Best. And that reason was the modding community, who have immediately made it so that you can play as widdly little Sonic for the whole game. <laughs> but yeah, um, in this version, this little Sonic pops out of absolutely nowhere, goes, here, take this. It's a time stone. Jump into this. I'll explain later. Now you're little. Brilliant. Run over there. And and he's not telling him what he's actually supposed to do. And Sonic's going like, well, what? what? So I take this stone and what? And he's like, yeah, no, no, you, you'll be fine. I figured it out. So therefore you'll figure it out. Off you go. And Sonic just has to like <laughs> run to activate this time stone. And he does some time travel, which... You know, just to just to lay the seed for potential future discussions, um, is the most important thing in any Sonic CD adaptation is the time travel stuff. Yeah, yep. carry on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I I love that it is a little bit of Sonic should just trust in his own over self confidence mm. and not think about it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, that's something Sonic is well used to and suits his character down to the ground. He'll be like, yeah, all right, okay, yep. I'll, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost actively hurting the situation that he's overthinking it because that gives Metallic's time enough to power back up. Yeah. And <laughs> but yep, off he goes into the looking at this panel now. It it looks a lot like the the time travel, uh, you know, mechanic in Sonic CD. <laughs> yep, 
And it activates the same way. He's holding, well, he's holding a time stone rather than going past a past or future sign. But come on, obviously, you have to do it, do yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a game mechanic. You couldn't do that. So he's holding this thing. Oh, I know what to say. We ought to admit that, like, I, I talk about how it's, you know, STC, uh, certainly in its earlier days, was, like, close to the games. This is not what a time stone is in the games. In the games, they're Chaos yeah, Emeralds. No, no. It's a stone. You didn't make it. Yeah, is a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a stone rock. egg that he's got. <laughs> and I, 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 okay, don't quote me on this. Listen to what I, whatever it was I said in Sonic the Comic, the podcast, because that was, we had the actual information there. But I seem to remember that it's just that Nigel couldn't get any of the time stones in the game. So he was like, listen, I'm sorry. I haven't got any reference material for you. Make it up. But that might be apocryphal. <laughs> I mean, I'd believe it. If the, I was going to say, if that is true, especially someone who has played those on different mm-hmm. game pads, those stages can be miserable. They're impossible. Um, <laughs> that, I don't know how anybody can do it. You have to get your well, head in, right. the, in the newer version, it's because you can save and quit before time's about to run out and oh. start the bonus stage over again. <laughs> oh. You have to get your whole head into a new way of 3D working because it's yeah. not real yes. 3D. So you just have to like learn to predict what it thinks Sonic's position in 3D space is based on two different planes of two-dimensional animation happening concurrently and clashingly with one another. It's it doesn't it's it's crazy. But um I'm still not sure if after learning that the prototype special stages were going to be the ones from Sonic 1 except you would fall through them in like a again a pseudo 3D thing Ooh. and I don't know what would have been worse. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. Well, I suppose it would matter how it played in the end, but yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, There were definitely also some creative liberties taken with the uh, kind of robot generator thing in the uh, next page. Yeah, but this is way better. Yeah, like the the game, the game version, you really can't even tell like what it is. Like it does, it doesn't read as a generator in a lot Mm. of cases. Now. I did look this up beforehand and I looked it up in the, the manuals and a couple mm-hmm. of, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I just ended up on Sonic Retro again, that in the original game, they're called robot teleporters because a, a, apparently what they're doing is, and look, it's time travel. Don't ask me to explain yeah. it. Is that the robot teleporters in the past are teleporting all of the bad Sonic destroys in the present back to the past to be repaired where they are then still there in the present because the, yeah, they're called teleporters or transporters depending on like the re-release. I think the, the 2011 remake calls them teleporters, even in like the achievement you get for destroying all of them. And that just kind of blew my mind Hmm. because I sure thought they were just robot generators. Yeah. Yeah, You send it back to the past so they can churn out robots. So by the time you get to the present and future, everything's ruined. Yeah. And and then I just thought that was interesting. (laughs) Well, I always thought that, but then maybe I was influenced by this because the story here in STC is that in the past, Robotnik has set up one big machine and its whole job is to basically spread and you can see, you were talking about, you know, it looking like organic vines, but pipes. And that's mm. what you get to see. You get to see them snaking out of this thing, plunging into the ground, digging their roots in. And right at the center of this, to allow it to, I don't know, spread out through time or whatever, there is this, the the time stone. Not just a time stone, because the, the one that... So when the little Sonic gave our Sonic the time stone and shrank him down... <laughs> Sonic then went into the past with it, and it dissolved. He hasn't got the time stone anymore. But now he jumps into this machine, and there it is. There, suspended in a light in a light beam, which is something that the STC team like. They they do that quite a bit in STC. <laughs> yeah. 
Suspend it and the rule me, of cool. Me too. I like it as well. And they're right. <laughs> Suspended in this light beam is this time stone. So Sonic goes, oh, okay. And he, he grabs it and runs with it and transports, you know, forwards in time again. And then does all the stuff we just saw him do. He, little, encounters a bigger Sonic, jumps into Metal Sonic, bashes him. And, and they even go as far as to reprint an entire page. Yeah, yep. yep. it's brilliant. I I do hope that <laughs> yeah. Richard Elson still got paid for another page. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was kind of wondering about that myself. It's the one time an STC reprint was welcome <laughs> <laughs> because it's the way it lines oh. up so perfectly. It's the way that everything has now been set up, so now we understand it, and now you know, we don't have to read a different perspective of it. We read the same page and we get it this time. Oh, the reason he's got the time stone is that he's just got it out of that machine. Yep. He knows that the way he got to the machine was by a little Sonic giving him it. He's a little Sonic now, so he does all the stuff and says all the stuff that the little Sonic said to him, shrinks him down. It's brilliant. It's great. Yeah, I, I mentioned time travel and it being hard to explain, but this actually, with in the span of three pages, actually explains it all pretty perfectly yeah. because like you said the time when sonic jumps back to the past the time stone disappears and so you're like oh okay because at you he is now in this form of the past where it's in the machine it's it's very good yeah. i do i do just want to point out i love this panel of uh right before the reprinted page where sonic's rejoining where you have uh metallics is leaping towards sonic and amy and <laughs> 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 the the first thing that pops to mind is uh uh the end of the the original lion king where scar is jumping towards um simba yeah. before he kicks him <laughs> off just this arms wide open rah <laughs> oh you're right actually i see that now. i immediately think of like zangia from street fighter doing his like yes jumping uh lunge. he's just gonna flump down on them isn't he yeah i know just <laughs> he'll figure it out once he gets there <laughs> but of course it's where the our, our little Sonic intervenes. And I love how, yeah, it even comes back around to the, um, yeah, the, oops, you know, we spent too much time talking and now he's, uh, uh, his power is back up. But um, then the, the time ripples finally start catching up with uh, the little planet and Metallics. I, I love this, that it's not just, oh no, his power source is cut out. It's like, no, Sonic says, Metallics was never built yeah. because of this, and so he vanishes from time itself. There's, it's, he is un he is unmade. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. There's a problem with it that I think Chris yes. noticed. Yes, <laughs> which I hadn't noticed before because the idea that I think the comic is communicating here is that one of the things that that machine made that spread across the Miracle Planet is Metal Sonic. He came out of that. Mm -hmm. The trouble is he didn't because we saw him being made by Robotnik and Grimer right. at the start of the entire story. Yeah. Uh, and now, So my headcanon, because it's all headcanon, my headcanon is that, you know, no, he, he was birthed from that stuff and they just like got him and went, brilliant, That's this is good, we like this. Mm -hmm. Let's program it, let's use it for stuff, let's test, let's do tests on it. And that's why they've got the, the realistic robots on it. Because the other thing is, if they can make that realistic dummy robot that in the opening pages of the whole thing fools us into thinking is a real Sonic, yes. <laughs> why does their Metal Sonic look like a horrible robot? It comes down to, for me, 
it's just cool. It, it's yeah, very exactly. cool to have That's him That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but have you seen how great yeah. it is? <laughs> I think y'all... Is it, is it the Sonic & Knuckles adaption where there is another metal sonic that mentions you know you you destroyed my brother yeah when in reality it was like no he was wiped from existence why do you know that yeah it doesn't really matter i i think also sdc mixes up the how long the miracle planet is above the lake yes but again it doesn't really matter because that's how it works for the story yeah and I think the one that screws it up is the barf saga where they go back and forth and just end up like, well, it doesn't really matter that they screwed it up because this story is bad. No, yeah, this (laughs) story doesn't count. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, that is the end of this first adaptation. And it is a real high mark. Yeah, because for sure, like I said before, again, I fully I fully cop to the fact that I have read these recently. Mm -hmm. I am reading them with new eyes. It is great gorgeous and i love it it is such a fun adaptation of the 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 sonic cd story it even ends on a an adorable i'd say it's adorable note like i'm not a a sonic amy person in any capacity i do think it is adorable that the last panel is them realizing that they are stuck on this planet until it reappears again (laughs) just what what a cute note to end it on. the art is great the story is great because a it is actually an adaptation of the game but without feeling like an adaptation of a game it just feels if if you didn't know there was a game you'd just think there was a cool story in a comic yeah but also it's a genuine actual time travel story that does the kind of fun stuff that they do and it makes for a good if this had been your first time travel like loop logic story which it may have been mine i can't really remember now Oh, wait, no, because we'd already had Sonic in the Fourth Dimension, possibly. I was going to say mention Fourth well, Dimension. Well, it's, ambigu- like, it's ambiguous when that came out. It's difficult to pinpoint it, so I don't know if I'd have read that yet. You know, I'm realizing I'm talking about time travel being complicated and not working, mm. but I, maybe that's just because now <laughs> I've grown up with so much bad time travel stories mm. in various, you know, cartoons and even, you know, mature media. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I forget that you can just do simple stuff like this that works yeah. fine and you makes you you know slap your head and go oh that's so clever yeah Yeah, exactly and obviously you know metallics would go on to be a much more significant player in later set the issues of the comic i'd argue the brotherhood of metallics might be the most iconic thing to come out of stc maybe yeah No, uh, no like evil evil supersonic's gotta be yeah one of one of the two (laughs) yeah I mean, that's the one people won't shut up about these days. <laughs> For entirely separate reasons, of course, but... Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but... <laughs> Fleetway, the evil hog. But I feel like Metallics is a concept that is immediately understood by and resonates with any Sonic fan. Like, you tell somebody, hey, here's a gajillion Metal Sonics all controlled by one super powerful master unit, they're immediately on board, no question. Mm. It's such a cool concept, and I really wish that they could do more with that. Like, I know there was that one Archie story where they kind of did a Metallics thing, but it's it's cool, but I don't feel like it's quite the same thing as the real thing, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. When was that? It was like around 200-something? I forget. No, that's, that's right. It was... It was about, yeah, 10, 11 years ago because it was their tie-in with the digital re-release of CD. Oh. Right. Right. Now, I can't... Was it before or after the weird issue where sonic is lost in space and he comes to the planet with the uh what is it chaos rubies and instead of turning into supersonic that was long after like that would have been 
early this that would have been like early mid 2000s yeah well they did they did an evil supersonic and mm-hmm. which was interesting instead of turning into supersonic he splits into a separate supersonic and he's evil and i even remember at that time having access to the internet and people saying what the hell did archie just do why are they putting you know stc supersonic and it yeah. is a weird weird thing to this day the thing is that the internet's obsession with like the running wild story basically which is one of many stories about supersonic and stc doesn't always you know sometimes overlooks the fact that what happened later is that supersonic became a separate person to sonic they weren't he didn't turn into him it was someone else and so that is actually you know that's even more stc than it sounds on the surface of it him splitting into two separate people like that that's that is very much fleetway supersonic yeah i i could not tell you the origin of that story other than i would bet my bottom dollar that someone just happened to read a a supersonic story from stc and repurposed that into a one-shot archie goofy story Maybe. yeah as, as opposed to the issue, the arc we were talking about, where it's like, let's just do four issues that are a straight up tribute to Sonic the comic. Like <laughs> now, it was a wild time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I actually, ha- yeah, I actually have that issue. Keep, keep talking. I'm going to go see if I can find it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Tangent time, apparently. That was definitely one of the ones that uh, it was, you know, I was a young child getting them from my local grocery and whoops, we came on the wrong day and I missed one. And so I completely missed out on that whole story Mm. arc. It's one of those things looking back on as an STC fan where you're like, wait a minute, how did they get away with this? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to snap a picture. Okay. Because there was also that one issue where, um, what was it? Uh, I think it's the the infamous Archie issue with the slap. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, one of the ones uh, John Gray penciled, and he was an STC fan, and so he just snuck a couple of characters in there. And if I remember correctly, once they the book got published, I think the editor-in-chief had to say, like, look, nobody's in trouble, but don't do that anymore. But I'm, oh, yeah, that's it. That looks familiar. Let's take another look at this one. Yeah, let's just keep this like straight up the Emperor Metallics oh, yeah. thing. That is Emperor Metallics, sure enough. I mean, he's blue rather than red. Well, it's, it's basically Neo Metal. Yeah, it's Sonic the Neo Metal Sonic mm. designed from Heroes. But it, but he's sitting in a floating throne thing. I think there's a yeah, there's a whole bunch of like so yeah, it's basically Brotherhood of Metallics without doing Brotherhood of Metallics. Like, like I don't know if you've ever read this one, Dave. It's, no. It was basically like a bad future thing where Sonic gets sent to the future, and since he wasn't around because he was being sent to the future. Mm-hmm. Metal basically took over, did the Metallics thing where he upgraded himself, created a bunch of clones of himself, and took over. Sonic has to work with what's left of the Freedom Fighters to undo what happened. And all the Freedom Fighters are straight up drawn to look like STC characters as bad future versions. So, like, Antoine had Johnny's jacket, Sally had Techno's haircut, Bunny was fully roboticized, but with, like, short fuses color scheme. It It was wild. Hmm. Yeah, Ian just Ian just loves everything Sonic, and you could sort of oh, see that. Oh, it was here. Ian. Okay, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be anyone else, is it? <laughs> Ian's one of those guys who just wants to play with all the toys in the toy box. Yeah, Ian Ian knows everything about Sonic and is not afraid to use it. <laughs> the big twist was that Eggman was secretly helping them, but they had him basically operating under the code name Kintabor mm. and sending his messages over a computer because, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because that was a... They, they had used Kintabor in Archie. It was like his, you know, his family. Uh, yeah, but so it, wasn't it, like it had were. kind of been phased out by that time, so... Yeah, they, they had a good reason to bring it back for, for this arc. 
So before we move into Archie, I wanted to uh, also share Jake's thoughts on uh, the Sonic Terminator as well. Ah, yes. Hey guys, sorry I can't be there live and in person today, so to speak. Uh, but I'm really glad that I can at least contribute this way and talk about these comics because I had a really good time reading all of these. And without further ado, let's just go right into Sonic the Terminator from STC. So this was actually my first time ever reading one of the STC Sonic comics. And it was definitely very interesting. The art style immediately reminds me of some of the more detailed comics that one would see in what we in America here call the funny papers on a Sunday. I both appreciate the detailed artwork of the comics, but at the same time, they also just, because they're so detailed, and I guess because I'm so used to the modern style of like Archie and just other comics in general, they look a little busy to me. And it's funny, I'm noticing like with being analytical with all sorts of Sonic stuff recently, I'm noticing that busy is not always a good thing for me. <laughs> but I absolutely give full credit to where it's due because just the detail on some of the villains that came up in this adaptation of the Sonic CD story from these five uh, issues. Man, there's like a lot of detail in these characters and it's really interesting to see. And since I'm talking about villains, I gotta give absolute props to the way that they drew Metallic's Metal Sonic here. This is, in my opinion, out of the three comics that were read today, this is the most menacing and intimidating version of Metal Sonic in these comics. He looks like he will just raise a town without a second thought. If, if it was possible to redraw this version of the character in all sorts of comics and media, I'd be all for that because this is, in my opinion, probably the best that he looks. As far as the writing, uh, I, I do have some thoughts about it. Um, in general, I like it. I like that it's pretty well paced for the most part. Uh, I will say, because this is my first STC Sonic comic, I didn't really care a whole lot about the, the pirates and all that. I, I was definitely a lot more interested in the story overall when we finally actually got to the beginning of the Sonic CD adaptation. But once we got there, I really enjoyed the pacing of the events. For example, I really, really liked that Sonic and Metal Sonic Metallics just basically when he got onto the little planet, they just got right into fighting. It was satisfying. The way that they fought was really cool. I loved the sort of Terminator 2 morphing ability that Metallics had in there. That looks so cool. And also the time abilities in this comic uh, was really interesting uh, way to kind of use what was in the game and in my opinion flesh it out just a little bit more but also in the same regard using what's just already there in the first place. I felt like everything wrapped up pretty well. I felt like it was uh, conclusive and it was satisfying. Uh, the characters are definitely interesting for this adaptation of Sonic. <laughs> uh, first, I want to say uh, Amy is really cool in this. Like the fact that she has that little crossbow, that is so cool. The hammer is super iconic, but man, that crossbow is rocking. <laughs> I also like the fact that when Metallics is about to kill her, almost, you know, she's on death's door basically and she says, oh golly. <laughs> and of course, you know, there's no way I can't talk about this, especially this being my first STC comic. I finally understand what people mean when they say that STC version of Sonic is mean. Because <laughs> he's definitely a jerk to Tails and to Amy, especially Amy throughout. Um, whereas like the Archie comics had just kind of like a kind of a fun push and pull. He's just straight up a jerk to Amy here. But I also understand that in the greater canon of STC, which I have not read, this is just a small snippet of who Sonic is. And so if I want to get a fuller, more rounded version of who Sonic is, I'd have to read the rest of it, which I'm definitely interested in doing now because... Everything I saw, I liked. I still enjoy Archie 290 the most as far as the Sonic CD ad 
expectations, but this is my second favorite. Uh, this was enjoyable. It was a whole different flavor, and I very much enjoyed it. I think we got him. <laughs> See, I, I just have the biggest smile on my face because, I mean, you were joking about STC evangelism, but here is a perfect... You know, I know, I know Jake, Jake is very busy these days. And so we, we didn't, we didn't talk about this before. I just love that. Yes, that is perfectly, perfectly what I would want for someone who sat down to, to read that for the first time. I'm glad he had the proper opinion of Metal Sonic's design here. (laughs) (laughs) He is the best one. Yep. Yep. I did want to mention at the top here, we've talked about Archie Sonic issues before. You cannot buy them. Please just go steal them. It's fine. (laughs) It's always morally correct. (laughs) We discovered when reading these old issues that some of the archives you will find have the digital recolors. Mm. I've I've seen on on Twitter, uh, John Gray, long-suffering Sonic artist, all-around great guy, explained that at the time these were... Basically, they were they were digitized and recolored by an outset company, and basically the editors at Archie just didn't seem to care how they looked. So if you can please go seek out uh, scans of the original books that preserve the, the original coloring and not those digital scans, because I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say the digital coloring destroys the art. Yeah. yeah. So this issue especially is not exactly a high art, but at least experience the art, how it was meant to. So it's one of those charmingly flat colored comics that we used to be allowed to have. Mm -hmm. And then someone has done that thing that is being done. Or was, there was a phase where a lot of things were getting recolored that shouldn't have been. And this is one of them with all digital airbrushing, but like really weird, smushy digital airbrushing where it kind of looks as if some of it's been put through weird AI filters and stuff. It's not, no, it's, no. Mm. But Dave, everything is better with gradients. <laughs> the thing is, this is shaded. It's not, it's not actually flat colors. It's very odd that it needed doing. Yeah, the, the original art, yes. It's just an outdated style where big bold colors are used on big patches of space and so on and it it just went out of style well, that doesn't mean you should change it don't fix what isn't broken mm. yeah which we do have the uh, the crew for this one uh like we said this is sonic archie issue number 25 of the regular series it was written by uh, mike gallagher now this is penciled by patrick speziente who mm. the legend yes the legend the the myth the legend still does sonic work to this day but back in the day this was he i think he was the main cover artist he did a couple of, of full stories but even being a little kid i remember seeing this guy's name and knowing this was going to be the like the top tier of the time um we had ink okay Luke. I believe it's pronounced Harvey Mercaducasio. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, colored by Barry Grossman, which, yeah, like we were saying, the, the original colors here is a nice, subtle, like, airbrushing with some shading that looks very nice with letters by uh, Mindy Iceman. Even right from the jump, the art is just so good. Like, like I said, Spaz is a legend for a reason. You don't see him doing many of the actual full strips, as a matter of fact. It is a treat, like Jeremy was saying. Coincidentally, the two big ones I remember is this issue, which is the introduction of Metal Sonic, and then he did the Mecha Madness special, which is the one where Sonic and Knuckles are roboticized and then fight. I I remember those designs, some very, like, Transformers boxes upon boxes of uh, complicated robot designs, and it's just 
cool as hell. When I was first getting online and looking at like Sonic fandom stuff, uh, it was 1997, so this had been a, a few years ago, and like, like all the best fan artists were the ones who could draw like Mecha Madness. They were the ones that that was what <laughs> over in America that was what was being copied, and still, you know, na- like kids I knew who did, like like Jay Axa was a, a kid I knew on the Sonic internet <laughs> who could draw like that <laughs> if he wanted to, and and it was like people like that. Um, on best you know, people who could get that style and and make a good go of it even though we were all just teenagers it's no surprise that they're the ones who sort of went on to actually do it professionally you know in these establishing shots of one of the bases in knothole where we see rotor is tinkering with a new camera that goes onto sonic's shoes so they can mm-hmm. see him exploring all the new zones that are popping up you know i'm realizing that i don't know if it was at this or before that they have transitioned from drawing sonic with the the mohawk oh, yeah. from adventures sat am yeah. some of the early american promo artwork to this is a pretty uh, maybe it, it's because it's a Sonic CD adaption. This is a pretty like classic Japanese Sonic design where he's got, you know, the regular spines and whatnot. Um, I, yeah, I just hadn't hadn't picked up on that until now where everyone else is very much like their set AM designs, even Tails, who's who's brown here. Is that a Patrick Spaziante thing? I think you're correct. Yes. What this looks like to me, and I don't want to put anything on anyone just by guessing, but like, well, I don't I, I don't want to say a really good fan artist because that that you know people can take that as a as a derogatory thing to say fan artist but mm-hmm. this looks like someone who kind of cares more about sonic than perhaps some of the other people drawing him at the time did and i think that's just because he looks so japanese in this this looks like someone who's looked at the sonic screensaver and learnt stuff or who's looked at you know whatever was going around at the time the the saturn artist and things and has and has picked up stuff from different sides. this isn't someone who's watched a couple of episodes of of sat am and read some issues of archie and is drawing that this is someone who's drawing sonic dave your interpretation is entirely accurate <laughs> yes. as a matter of fact that is patrick saziante yeah. he loves this stuff Skipping ahead to where randomly in on hanging on the wall of Knothole Village is a poster for Knuckles Chaotix. That really <laughs> surprised me, and- <laughs> because that means that Archie didn't get round to adapting Sonic CD until after, like, not just Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but Sonic Chaotix was already out. What are they playing at? Yeah, no, this was, this was June of 1995, well after Sonic CD had already What released. are they doing? Well, I know what they're doing. Yeah, it, it, the, what they're doing is that it comes as a surprise to them to be called upon to adapt the games at all. They're, they're a comic tie-in from a cartoon series. And that this is where all the trouble comes from. <laughs> they, were, they weren't doing Sonic comics. They were doing comics of that one cartoon. If we want to get really specific about it, they were doing com- comics of what the cartoon was going to be, where it was a bit more lighthearted and Saturday morning-y. If you watch like the pilot episode of Sat-A-M where it's a little sillier, this is essentially what it was. Okay, so this this brings me to what I was going to say earlier about Metal Sonic. And it also ties in with what we're talking about now with Patrick Spaziante. His art is like... It's not that it's unsurpassed now. Like, I've seen people who can draw Sonic better than this now. But... At the time, it was like a weirdly big leap in quality for the for the art in the comic. Depending on your sensibilities, I happen to like the early, you know, almost Beano-y looking, very, <laughs> very cartoony early issues of Archie. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because it's honest about what it is. And my problem here, if problem it is, is that this artwork is like a different kind of comic than the script is describing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this 
This it's it, they are two completely separate things, and it ends up looking almost ridiculous as as like these these what were for the time super advanced like drawings of Sonic the way that we kind of wanted him to be. But the script is like, uh, uh, boing, I've run into the wall, uh, uh, I've slipped on a banana peel. It's like that sort of thing. Is there no better example that the artist has perfectly rendered the scary, menacing, you know, evil Dr. Robotnik from Set AM, and it opens with a Wizard of Oz joke? The whole plot centers around that he has reached through the fourth wall and gotten fan art for the Archie Sonic comic book itself to dox Amy Rose to go kidnap her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that cognitive dissonance no. of here is some, you know, amazing art with this very silly book that is supposed to be based on a a video game. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I love both of the comics this is. the I, I love the one that's trying to look really well drawn. And I love the one that's just a load of n- walk, running into walls and slipping over. But they don't go together. They clash no. very badly. And it kind of made it a bad reading experience for me. This I, f- I found very weird. I think we, we had a conversation off the show about random Archie issues. And I remember as a kid the yeah. full special adaptation of Sonic 3D Blast. I think does a similar concept with this of pairing an Archie Sonic script but with a game. I think it does it much better because there there is less of that dissonance because it's a special that is outside of the main series to where they go to an island but i remember Mm. rotors there sonic's there but that is i i love that you said that dave that yes that both of these things aren't necessarily bad but they do not complement each other the the silliness of this story and the that's all it is uh, you know the how good this art is with you know sadam robotnik and a very game looking sonic yeah i I feel like i'm gonna sound more rude than i mean to be but I, i have some problems with the art in this which is that like that but just purely because we've just come off a of Richard Elson, where I don't have any problems yeah. with the art, and maybe someone who didn't grow up with that issue would, which is fine. But so, like the the page of the Archie Comics post bag page, what you've got there is five good drawings of Robotnik, and they're so animated, and you you get the sense that like if the, these could all be like frames from a well animated cartoon, he's got that kind of oh which ad, I can't remember which one it is now, but there's one classic Disney animator who would do what Pat is doing Robotnik's head here, kind of make it like move around and squish into itself as these as these larger bodied characters sort of laugh. Mm. Um, but it didn't need to be because all you need here is one drawing of Robotnik really. It's like a, a, it's a needlessly high number of pictures of Robotnik standing in the same position next to a fishbowl, talking and talking and talking and talking. And you could do that with a full page spread and a lot of balloons. And there's not enough going on to make it interesting. So the whole thing has this air of like nearly thereness. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I want to read something that Pat did a few issues later when he when he. This looks like someone who's like studied a lot. But he's just finding his feet in how to apply it to tell a story. Do you know what it makes me makes think sense. of? It makes me think of like the CDI animations because <laughs> yes. there's so much over animation on like yes. people just talking and zooming in and out of the characters. That's what's going on in comic form here. That's the thing. And, and when it comes to, there's a lot of extreme poses where something more simple would have done. You know, there'll, there'll be people 
doing you know with loads of foreshortening of their hands coming out and then and their fingers go well i understand that that pat always liked to do extremely interesting finger poses where every finger was off on its own <laughs> adventure um, <laughs> there's a couple that. of bits like that and, it, and it's just it's a little bit overwrought is what i'm saying and i think that that's that's part of why it feels to me like someone who's a very enthusiastic fan of the sort of thing he's being allowed to draw rather than someone who's been around the block for a while and and has fully got it down but like that's you know look that that might be what it is in which case okay great i'll come back in a few years and see what he does then um so that's not really a criticism it's just the the uh, the only reason it even kind of comes up at all is because of how they've picked the right artist to do an important issue of stc but this is not the script of an important issue of stc no it's the script of an issue of archie (laughs) oh sorry archie Understandable, you Sonic <laughs> comic, you know those are the initials. Mean that, but yes. do you know what I mean? The <laughs> yeah. it's a it's an it's a normal Archie script, and the art is someone is someone who's trying to make the Archie issue because mm-hmm. he knows that it's a tie-in with an important game, and it, and it ought to stand out. And they haven't written a comic that stands out or really particularly has anything to do with Sonic CD, except that back in those days it would have been unusual, maybe completely unique to see Amy Rose and Metal Sonic in an issue of this. But looked at from our eyes now, it's like, how is this anything to do <laughs> with Sonic CD? It is just Amy, Metal Sonic, and a couple of the zones. No mention of Miracle mm. slash Little Planet. No mention no! of time travel. Didn't even just think that. of that. There's nope. no Little Planet. Yeah, he no. just, Robotnik has built the Collision Chaos Zone somewhere on Mobius. I've never even noticed that, but there's no time travel. That was what I was alluding to earlier. None. There's none. That's the most important thing about Sonic CD. But at least they got the bit where he crashes into a wall, I guess. That's the important Really went to town setting that up. They do they do the things that Archie would continue to do until like, you know, the big Mm -hmm. reset was that they just say, oh, occasionally a zone which is a place from one of the games mm. will pop up and it's like its own little dimension oh. and so that i mean right. we've basically described the story on these first handful of pages is that there are zones yeah. from sonic cd that are popping up robotnik has already infiltrated one of them he's kidnapped amy rose and then tells sonic all about it so oh is that what it is they're popping up i thought robotnik yeah. had made it no, especially I, for this i, re- I remember I guess, in uh, even oh gosh the <laughs> The the first issue of Archie Sonic that has Supersonic is uh, might have been where they introduced this to where they just say, no, they pop up on Mobius, right. even though this is obviously a Mobius right. that is more akin to Set AM. Um, they just say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, occasionally game things pop up. Um, Isn't that telling, though, that they're like, <laughs> like every time something from the game has to happen, it's like, oh, this thing popped up. I guess we'll go into this little bubble over here. How do we explain this thing that simply adventures. cannot possibly be folded into this comic because it has nothing to do with anything? <laughs> but he does say the Collision Chaos Zone, perhaps my most brilliant creation to date. So that's that's why I thought he did it. But yeah, then he does his yeah. Oz joke, which is what I, the great and powerful Roboznik, have spoke. What is that? What it? This script is really weird, guys. I, I, I had trouble reading <laughs> it's, it. It's very, very silly. Um, so the yeah, the one thing, the one thing that actually ends up being very plot relevant is that Robotnik is also dressing up his little assistant Snively in a Robotnik suit so that he can run behind yes. Sonic, and so he thinks Robotnik is always there. Which right? What's the, is that? Feels like something they did to account for the fact 
that they have to adapt something that doesn't apply. Why couldn't just Robotnik follow along behind just him? Just a major contrivance. The thing Snively is doing is burning away the path behind Sonic like Robotnik does in the uh-huh. race in Stardust Speedway. Um, yes. Yeah, so why couldn't Robotnik do that? In the this? idea, I, as I understand it, is that he wants to make Sonic think that he's following him so that he doesn't uh-huh. realize he's actually at the end of the track waiting to push the button that crushes him with the wall. This is the most contrived bull- to lead to a, the ending of the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog show, essentially. Yeah, that was yeah. it. That, yeah, that was what it seemed to be setting up. Like, why- He has to press the button or the trap won't work, which- okay. Don't ask why he can't just put the button in the Eggmobile. <laughs> It's not important. Why couldn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. A that. B. Why a button? Why not make it a sensor? Well, it's something that the reader can physically press at the okay, end. Okay, that. To that part, yes, Dave. Ex- well, yes, except- the sensor's not going to work. You know, latency. By the time he gets through it, it's not going to be on the other yeah. side. You know. Yeah, that is what happens, though. <laughs> that is what happens. You got to aim for where Sonic's going to be, not where he is. It's a, it's a funny book, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The way that it ends is that it's like Sonic's, Sonic invites the reader to press the, the button so that it, you know, goes down on Robotnik. And they elaborately, or Pat, elaborately draws your finger. And there's a finger. Which is making a but lot of assumptions. It's not pressing like- anything. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. One key assumption is being drawn here, yeah. So do you want to talk about the fact that Metal Sonic has a mouth? Because I feel like we needed to get to that eventually. Yeah! Like, what's up with that? Sorry, sorry. I just need to interject that I've just gone back a few pages, and where Sally is kicking Robotnik, she's saying, get away from that button, Robotnik, and there's no button depicted. (laughs) There's no button! (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) Worth pointing out the endless controversy over this button. uh, Release the button cut, Archie. (laughs) So, Metal Sonic or Mecha Sonic, as he is being called here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Metal Sonic T. Oh, Mecha yeah. We've got to talk about that. Cause, because, right. He says, like, the, the all new, all different. Uh, I'm not on the right page, but it's something like that. The all new, all different yeah. Mecha Sonic. But, like, that. First off, A, it's Metal Sonic. And B, that's not what yes. Mecha Sonic is in Archie. That's just Sonic roboticized, right? They, or is that not they, happened yet? They messed it up. I think. Mecha Madness mm. came after this, but it did. Yes, I think Mecha Madness was around issue forty, so another like. But they're still seeming to imply that this is a character we're supposed to have seen before in Archie, that's now you, redesigned. You have not. The only thing I can recall is there is a pseudo Sonic robot, which basically looks like yeah. a a very yeah. cartoony roboticized Sonic. But no, yeah. this is the yeah. uh, the one that was in Adventures. He's literally in the cartoon as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, this is the first time we've seen Metal Sonic, and I don't know if this was were they trying to say that because Archie Sonic also didn't do a Sonic Two adaption, so we didn't see that robot Sonic either. No, no it's and not we that. We would get no. that eventually. But it's way the way he says this, all yeah. new, all different. Does he mean that he's different? from Sonic or from other robots or I think it might just be bad it's writing. just the way he says the all new all different Mecha <laughs> yeah. Sonic it, it implies that this is a character and oh and also Sonic has just said well I'll be look who it is when he meets him well I'll be look who it is and he goes yeah, yeah the all new Mecha Sonic it's, it's like we're meant to know him no it, it was confusing back then it's confusing now might just not be a very good comic <laughs> <laughs> like we said you know the, the, you've got half of a good comic here 
Well, we didn't even we didn't even mention that there is a uh, Sonic sends Tails out to do reconnaissance on the zones, and he immediately gets captured and tied yeah. up right next to Amy Rose, basically undoing any reason for Amy Rose to be in the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, they want to give you a character you actually cared about, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> in peril. So we at least do get some pretty cool footage of Sonic running through these. Yes. Backgrounds that don't really look like no. game backgrounds, but it is very nice. I yeah. like Sonic's. He just decides to front flip into the the big warp. <laughs> um, but yeah, they do make it to Stardust Speedway and instead of racing, start beating the crap out of each other. Beating the crap Fair. out of each other while racing. And I got to say, I love the two page spread. Like, oh, oh yes. goodness. See, here, here, here goes back to I think you're you're your thesis on on uh the artist being a very very big fan of sonic in general before working on this book because here's a game accurate dr robotnik from sonic cd in the background like it's supposed to be (laughs) yeah i didn't think of that yeah that's not a character in this is it no not at all (laughs) (laughs) it's worth noting that this stardust speedway is specifically like the ending animation stardust speedway where Mm. it's all streamlined Mm. right and that would have been hard like in those days how would you like pause that to be able to know what it looks like probably videotaped it i was gonna say if it was like me as a little kid you ran your your mega drive through a vcr to record your own gameplay i did that too (laughs) this guy pat draws like a fanboy and i don't mean that in 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 any disparaging way i mean his mode of thinking is like fan are you sure that's not disparaging when you say it (laughs) i know it sounds like it is but i you know as a fan as someone who has those modes of thought it's just modes of thought his priorities the sort of thing he thinks of the fact that right here on this double page spread there's an advert for the sega saturn and a character from from virtual fighter just right there and an espio like this is someone who's he's showing off what he knows he is also the artist that would hide Astel from the Sega Saturn in uh, various panels he drew as well. Right. Probably the only reason people like me knew what an Astel was. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of odd that, like, we never encountered him. Like, he never came and hung out online. I've never met this guy. You know, he feels, looking at this, but I didn't realize this until now for this podcast, but looking at this, I'm like, Oh, I, did I know this guy? Was it was was he on you know Yurf or whatever? Like I was going to say DeviantArt, but this was pre DeviantArt, wasn't it? Yeah. Was was he on Rat.org? Like, did I know this artist? And no, it, it's just that he thought the way we did. <laughs> All I know is that he he still does work occasionally. He did the illustrations mm-hmm. for a Sonic, a modern Sonic chapter book from just a couple oh. of years ago. And I, I have to ask, you know, given this. Is Robotnik getting crushed by the big thing, the most repeated gag in all of the Sonic franchise? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was on the end of every episode, wasn't it? I I mean, yeah, there's adventures, there's this, there's the Sonic the Ride video. Oh, you're right. I'd forgotten about that one. Oh, my goodness. In Sonic Jam. Did he ever get crushed in STC? I feel like maybe in the early days. (laughs) Oh, probably. I don't know. That would be a bit weird, even for early STC. For him to do just slapstick. I mean, like the 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 couple of times when he ever did, there was like um, the the it was like the yearbooks or whatever. There was like the annual. I remember those little annuals. Yeah, the the ones that were like basically little wily coyote. Sort yeah, of there was one where he made a uh, egomatic that had a big hammer on it, and it got he had got hammered by it or whatever. You know, it's that sort of thing. Um, don't think he ever got squashed by a big squasher. 
I think we've we've basically exhausted all of the story content from this yeah. one because there isn't, isn't any much really. <laughs> there isn't any. It's ju- it's a load of jokes and people kind of going like, oh, holy for holies and stuff. It's it's just yeah. I, I I do have to ask though, what is going on with tails in the last panel? He is putting ointment on his back because Amy's back spines poked him. He was tied back to back with Amy, so he's got little spike holes in him. I like that. That was a good bit. That's a good gag. Yeah. I interpret it as it was like treating himself for cooties because <laughs> <laughs> it was that time. No, because if you if you you have to zoom in on it because of the scans, but like yeah. it's plasters, it's cartoon plasters, but with like ointment right. splodges underneath. But they look like flowers, so it's like, what's he doing? Is he putting flowers on his back? That, that's uh, that's actually a really good gag. That's a good gag, yeah. It's, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because Robotnik says it out loud. Like throughout this, there's these these references to the fact that a- Amy is a hedgehog and therefore has spikes on her, like a hedgehog. And you do have to remember sometimes, like, oh yeah, they're meant to be prickly. Yeah, he he is tying her up and is saying, "Oh, your spines hurt me." Yeah, yeah. It's really weird to see anim- Amy with the spikes completely wrong here, though. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's meant to meant to be teased up. That was the style at the time. Um, I, I do like they they do introduce Sonic's uh, peel uh, out move, which would actually yes. come back in Archie a couple of times as like a superpower type thing. Um, um, and I do I do think it's pretty neat that Metal Sonic does literally melt his own body trying to keep up with Sonic. Yeah. That is really cool. I, I have a lot of time for that as an adaptation of this bit of the game. Yeah, they, because because he does race him in the game. So in this, it's like, yeah, no, Sonic is so fast that a robot Sonic with a turbo engine melts under the speed that he goes at. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a nice touch. That's really the only part I have no notes on. <laughs> of course, then we do, you know, we, we skimmed over that Sally and Rotor have been following Sonic's, uh, you know, camera footage the whole time. and they It's f- meant to be Sonic CD. I don't care what Rotor's yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. And they, they figure out that Snively is the one following behind Sonic. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, like we've already said, Sally parachutes down to keep Robotnik from pressing the button, which I don't know. We see just a little while later that Sonic is incredible way too fast to be caught under that thing so what you know was this even necessary the answer is no sally has to be doing things at all times yes. in the yeah. comic. i don't know if you've noticed we even get the thought bubble from rotor as she parachutes down the uh that sal is some gal no wonder sonic's so crazy about her you know as <laughs> the issue goes on pat's drawings of sally get more and more anatomically focused uh, yes that was that's the nice way of i mean is it. that not is that not like the most famous thing archie is for is that eventually everybody just starts drawing the girls like superhero anime women <laughs> isn't this this has to be an early example of it happening though right is yes this, d- did he bring this in with this issue because that's you know possible. early early sally is a little cartoon character and then in this she's like just a sort of babe with a big head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this would have been, you know, the very start of their third year, so. Yeah, she has knees. It's weird. It's really weird. She's got the back of knees. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be interesting to track, like, <laughs> to, to track the changing physicality of Sally Acorn. Yeah. This, is, this is almost the opposite problem as STC, because that has a lot uh-huh. of, like, 
overly detailed characters that don't fit the Sonic character mold. But somehow they feel like separate entities where no, Sally is supposed to be the same Mm. height as Sonic. She is supposed to be a Sonic character. And so, yeah, when, when artists either didn't know, they either make her, you know, a short squat little cartoon character or yeah, a a human woman with furry features and a big head. It gets really weird. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Which they did this. They did the same thing to bunny eventually as well. I was quite surprised, actually. I must admit, to see in the um, there's a, the we've got like the scans of the the whole issue here, so it's mm-hmm. got you know even the pages that aren't the comic, including this this pro art double page spread where like everyone on the team has a go at drawing Sonic, even the ones who aren't artists, and there's like a perfectly good cartoon Sally from Ken Penders. Yeah, he's he's obviously uh, copying uh, uh, Art Mawinney's uh, how she he draws Sally. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's so it's a it's a perfectly fine drawing of Sally, but interestingly, it's the one drawing on the entire spread that lacks any imagination. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yes. the rest of, of them course. are drawing like Sonic in situations or weird takes on Sonic, and he's just been like, "Yeah, I've, I have copied the character model." Here you go. Yes, yes, which we we have not fully dove down that hole in Archie Sonic, but sometime someday. And to One be day. to be to be fair and balanced, I will say that he has shown nothing but imagination in his interpretation of the characters recently. <laughs> Amen. That is true. <laughs> so it balances it out. Uh, yes, yes. We laugh because it kills us inside. Yes. <laughs> Now that is issue 25 of Archie Sonic. I do like, we, we do end on this nice splash page from, uh, from, uh, Speziente that yes. is basically the first 25 issues of the regular comic. I, I'm, I'm picking yeah. out different characters. That's Pseudo Sonic. Yep. You can see him yeah, right yep, there. Is that he is. what that, that weird Sonic looking down is near the middle? The, the weird chunky one, mm. the weird chunky robot Sonic. Yeah, yeah. The one next to Caterkiller and a, uh, a, a weirdly what's, colored coconuts. What's going on with. Sally's outfit there. Oh, that is evil Sally. Oh, yes. Of course yes. it is. Yeah. Speaking Her of hair Ken is tousled, I should have guessed. <laughs> yes. I think that's supposed to be evil Rotor in the corner, which yes, there's, yes. There's, also has some history behind that, but <laughs> Yes, that's a that's a problematic depiction of what an interpretation of evil is. Yes. It? Now I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping future comments in mind, but again, <laughs> another time, another day. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, before we move on from this, uh, this is not the only time that America has referred to uh, Metal Sonic as Mecha Sonic. Uh, mm. That's right. I forgot about that. So, like, there's been lots of stuff coming out lately about, like, Satayem mm. or, you know, the ABC Sonic cartoon or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, and recently, like it was, it was told that Knuckles was going to be showing up in season three. He was going to be the eyes at the end. Yeah. But uh, it's also believed that uh, Metal Sonic was going to show up, but or Mecha Sonic. Right. Um, I actually had this on standby, ready for this because I thought it'd be fun to just mention. Except uh, he was going to be Mecha Sonic, and this is concept art, but he was going to be called Skillet. Oh, Skillet! Oh, wow. That. Do you know what? I don't mind that. That's a little bit like Metallics. You know, it's just a metal-sounding yeah, word. Gives him a name. Skillet. I quite like it, I think. There there are some definite choices in that concept art. Like one of them's obviously just yeah. Sonic but with robot parts. But you know, some of those designs yeah. are actually like really intense. And then that last one at the end. That's a hmm. This is for yeah, for everyone who can't see this, which is everyone listening to this, uh, there I will have to I'll post put it in the show notes. Yeah. 
yeah, these are the, there is these fun little drawn designs of uh, Metal Sonic, and uh, one of them's very SWAT bot like, and one of them's just got a little, a little unicycle. Yeah, the 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 third one is basically like actually Metal Sonic, but that's just not drawing very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is, they seem to have just given him like a power ring instead of his little uh, jet thing in the middle, which is kind of a cool idea as a generator. Yeah, it, it makes sense with the lore. But it's weird whenever I see them doing game stuff because it feels like they they want to avoid that at all costs. Mm. So. Uh, especially in set AM, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, you you know we'd have got the second one though, the Arnie one. Like yeah. it's just this big, great, galumphing Terminator robot thing that doesn't does not in any way resemble Metal Sonic. So that's that's what we would have got in ABC. It kind of resembles Mecha Sonic from Sonic and Knuckles, a little bit. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, unintentionally, most likely. Yeah, well, because that, that, <laughs> would that have existed? Oh, no, it would, actually, probably, around that time. Well, they were considering Knuckles at that point, so maybe... Yeah, yeah so it probably did. Well, unless we just had Sonic 3. Yeah, it, it might have been, like, right on the line. It, it could entirely have been, you know, like, complete coincidence. Hard, it's hard to I say. I am absolutely loving let's be honest they probably weren't playing yeah. games so. <laughs> i am absolutely loving the fact that those eyes were meant to be knuckles which of course they were but instead oh no ixis nogus <laughs> yeah someone said that that but i think like someone came out recently one of the writers said no it's gonna be knuckles but ixis nogus yeah like is uh supposedly it and that's just not as interesting i mean nogus was my understanding for years and years yeah. Thing is, he's not even a villain. Like he he was he's portrayed as a villain, but he's not actually not a bad guy. Is he not? So it, in the in the actual episode, if you watch it, it's a bit yeah. weird. Another one of those <laughs> things Archie ran with and made him a a true villain. Yeah, hmm. and yes. it's related to Wendy Witchcart from Tales. Yes, <laughs> eventually, eventually. <laughs> but that's going down yeah. another rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> Before <laughs> we go yeah, down any more rabbit holes, let's hear what Jake has to say about this issue. No. Yes. Right, let's talk about Archie 25 and what I thought about it. Overall, I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, Reading this issue really tugged at my nostalgia, and it made me pine just a little bit for uh, the old Archie style of art, which is very, you know, like, this issue is just full of it. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, some of the comics that I got to read when I was younger. The colors and the line art are very of the time, but also kind of iconic. Uh, And it really shows, especially in the character of Sonic, uh, because the way he's drawn and the way he's colored in this, he always just looks so confident, which is, you know, what Sonic should be. Uh, But he always looks like he's burying his chest to the world, like puffing it out and just ready to take on anything. And the poses definitely help accentuate that too. And so it just looks really cool. I also love that the silhouette game has always been apparently very strong in Archie, because I remember us talking about the previous comic and how I really enjoyed some of those silhouettes. And some of the ones in this one are very strong too. Like some of the regular silhouettes with the characters, and then especially the introduction silhouette for Mecha Sonic. It looks really good. He looks very intimidating. And actually, throughout a lot of the comic, he also looks just straight up menacing. And I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the fact that Mecha Sonic slash Metal Sonic, you know, it's it's Metal Sonic. We all know that. <laughs> In this case, Mecha Sonic, his design always lends to a very intimidating looking character. And I think that really helps with artists drawing him because he just always looks menacing right off the spot. As far as the writing for this comic, it feels like a really fun mix between Sad AM and Adventures of Sonic. Uh, Even to the point where at the end of the comic, as you know, Robotnik has that arch that he's trying to smash Sonic with, and then he ends up getting smashed himself, which is basically right out of the credit sequence of every single episode of Adventures of Sonic. If that was a straight-up nod to it, then that's awesome. (laughs) If not for some reason, still really cool. But at this point, I would like to think that it was a nod to that. 
there's definitely some areas of improvement in this comic. Um, some of the writing is, you know, it, it was early Archie Sonic, so it was kind of cheesy. And then some of the art, there's especially one intro page where Mecha Sonic is chasing Sonic on Stardust Speedway, and he kind of looks like he's just, he looks like he's just a few angles away from a T-pose, just like floating, <laughs> which is funny in its own right. But again, this is early Archie. In some ways, I feel like they were still kind of finding their voice and their style, even though I, I think they also really mostly solidified it in the early stages too. I will also say that because of the early style and because of the early writing and art, a lot of the panels look very, very busy. There's a lot of text. There's a lot of colors and lines and details, and it can be it can be a little bit busy and muddy looking at times. But again, like I said earlier, it makes me kind of pine for the old days <laughs> in a in a fun way, not in a begrudging way. So yeah, I I honestly thought that Archie 25 was pretty good. It's not my favorite of the adaptions, but I still enjoyed reading it. And over to you guys. Also, real quick, what in the world did Robotnik mean by Pork Boy? Is it that Sonic is a hedgehog? It's a stretch. Yes, I wondered that yeah, myself. That's a good point. That is what it is. I have to guess so. Like we brought up, they there is a lot of weird 90s slang. Like, wait, wait, wait. No, maybe it's Pork Boy because he's a porcupine, like a hedgehog. Yeah, it could be. Well, those are completely different animals. That's erroneous. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't doesn't make much sense. We have talked about the difference between porcupines and hedgehogs yeah. before, and as Jerry put it, porcupines will f*** you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas true. hedgehogs hedgehogs will make you a nice little cup of tea and invite you into their little house in a, under a tree. <laughs> it's true. Um, I realised I started saying something earlier, and keen-eared listeners will be like, you never finished saying the thing, which is that I was going to talk about how Metal Sonic talks in this. And particularly the bit where he says, the only thing you're going to do is eat my dust. Stardust, that is. And it's that moment <laughs> that I realized exactly why it is that David Marriott insists Metal Sonic should never talk. <laughs> um, but, it's, but, it, but it speaks to this thing about the script that like people like, oh, doofy duplicate. And like, oh, look at it upside down. The script is bananas. And it's mm. like... Everyone kind of talks the same, which is in this silly, yes. just this general, silly, general way, uh, which is perfectly, like, I'm a fan of that in a lot of comics. You know, I'm, I, I wax on about how I, I miss the sort of comics we had here in the UK when I was a kid, like Buster and stuff and the Beano and things. Well, we still have the Beano. That way of talking, you know, there's a lot of characters will talk very similarly to each other in that because we're only out to say silly things and make silly jokes. But when it's this, when it's, metal sonic and it's like oh wow look at this thing it's meant to be scary no no <laughs> no yeah no. <laughs> there, there's definitely a reason why in much later archie issues they were went for something a little more in line with like stc metal or heroes metal mm -hmm. where it's mm -hmm. you know scary terminator talk 99 percent of the time mm -hmm. yeah that, by the way, and you've highlighted another problem. I'm, 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 I make no criticism of yourself because you would be incorrect there, but I do not like the fact that he's called Metal now. Like that's his name, <laughs> Metal. The culmination of the OVA, uh, yeah. where he's where Sonic is tearfully yelling out, yeah. Metal, it, Metal. <laughs> it's like calling Sonic Sonic the. That's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> You've not oh, finished yeah, the thing you started saying. It's called Metal What? That's but that's the problem. Like that's why STC gave him this name Metallics and like because otherwise you do end up saying things like, Oh, he must be called Metal. 
There were just three letters off of it sounding all right. You know? That is <laughs> definitely it. It was that that OVA that that yeah. calls him metal or hyper metal sonic. Yeah, and they shorten it down. I mean, it's fair for Sonic to call him metal because it's like I'm not going to call you my name. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, that's the problem. It's when something that definitely, clearly, and everybody understands in the moment is just like. Japanese doesn't really translate very well into English. Like it, it it's a it's no, a lo- yes. it's a bumpy road getting it to work. So it's going to sound a bit weird sometimes if we didn't get someone who was that keen on like doing a seamless localization. But then that then becomes canonized as like a fact. Like it's like if it was an important part of Amy Rose's character now that she had to shave a sphinx. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> that's just dodgy Japanese translation. Don't worry about it. It's not all important. <laughs> I think we need to do a deep dive into that. Why did that even happen in the first place? <laughs> Whose idea was it anyway? It does perfectly go back to why in STC giving him a proper title is A-OK, because that was, mm-hmm. you know, that ties into, we were talking about the Sonic Bibles to where I, I think the people that wrote those Bibles, uh, you know, Madeline Schroeder, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, kind of realized that. And, you know, we, we've gone over this in that episode, but they realized that it wasn't just a, oh, you know, that Japanese stuff is going to be awful weird. It was yeah. a... Like like you've been saying, from a brand centric point of view, they were like, "This has to be. This has to translate better than just this complete transliteration." And so, yeah, yeah. that that is where Metallics, the Metal Sonic, is a full proper title. Yeah. Whereas, you know, shortening Metal Sonic, even Hype Metal Sonic, to just Metal, just yeah, like divorced from from thirty years of context. It, yeah, it sounds a bit silly uh, from the outside yeah. in. His name is Metal. It's like. <laughs> and the and here are all the other characters skin here, yeah here are my friends flesh <laughs> exactly it's what he's made of that's not who he is <laughs> let him show you just what, what he's, he's made, made of, of. oh <laughs> son of a you <laughs> walked right into that one what's about okay should we move on to 290 by the way huh? yeah <laughs> this is a great discussion but i think it's about that time so uh this is hmm this is like the, the end of Archie, well, uh, but it was never intended to be the end of Archie. They even have a next issue preview and everything. Like that, it, that so all, sad, that whole business came came together very quickly from everything I could see. Yeah, and I refreshed my memory that this this mini series, which is like adaptations of the original games, came right after their um, adaptation of uh, well, it was several. Uh, different comics, but it, or several different games, excuse me, was Sonic Unleashed. It was a little bit of Sonic 2 8-bit. It was Sonic the Fighters. And that story wrapped up. And then they went into this, intending this to just kind of tie into, I think it was the Sonic's birthday at the time. Yeah, basically bridging the gap until they could get some more stories. Uh... Yes, but they fully intended to go back to, you know, regular new Archie stories. And this just happened to be the last book they were ever allowed to put out. So this wasn't like a separate miniseries. This was Archie. Yeah, no, this was the main this was the main series. Like after they finished the big Unleashed arc, it was just let's show what the original games were like in this new rebooted timeline. And mm. a flashback, basically. Exactly. Yeah, and and which ones did they do? Did they do one and two? Uh, they did one, two CD. Yeah. The next one was going to be three and Knuckles. Yeah, when they when they're doing the next issue adverts, it's all Death Egg stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. clearly going to be Sonic Three at least, if not and Knuckles. 
Yeah, but you know, this was basically just like their big 25th anniversary kind of mm. celebration thing to bridge the gap until the next storyline, which we saw. Yeah. We've seen, you know, solicits for and everything. It was going to bring mm-hmm. back Honey and have like the wild Sonic Man Tokusatsu team we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm so disappointed it never happened. <laughs> the Sonic Sentai, basically. But alas, this is the end. So this was the final issue, Archie issue 290 in December 2016, written by Ian Flynn, pencils by Tracy Yardley, inks by Terry Austin, colors by Gabriel Casada, and letters by John Workman. And what we have here is a pretty straightforward adaptation of Sonic CD, like no frills. Oh, and just to bring it all together, the main cover is an illustration by Patrick Speziente. Yep. Yeah. This is harder to get started talking about because it just kind of is what it says it is. It is a comic of Sonic CD. That is what it is. And that's the beginning and end of what it is. That first page is like a pretty perfect recreation of the intro. Yes. In comic form. It almost, it's almost a bit awkward. Like, you know, like one of those things where it's a comic made out of screenshots from an animated film or whatever. Uh, Yeah. Screen cap comics are the bane of my existence. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they, they, they don't really feature in my life very much at all <laughs> you'd be surprised oh. <laughs> and then I look round and there's loads of them creeping up on me from behind oh. I do think the immediate contrast between Archie 25 and yeah. this one is that we get in between lots of very nice like there's no dialogue in these these first two pages just wonderful art setting up this but then we do get we we introduce Amy, we we get to see Sonic, and we get you were just talking about uh the early Archie, everyone talks the same because it's that same silly funny and mm. like the only distinctions are the character might have a funny accent or they're a girl. Yeah. Um but I feel like these these first couple pages we get some nice character dialogue between Sonic and Amy that is specifically their personalities. Mm-hmm. And we even get some of the the Amy. Uh, first of all, I think it's very funny that she is crawling her way up this little cliff. <laughs> that she has been like desperately trying. Yeah, <laughs> it, this isn't anything you can do. I can do soon, kind of Amy, yes. isn't it? Like if she it, Sonic goes across the chain to the Miracle Planet to the Little Planet, beg pardon, like deliberately to get away from her, and she just like crawls over there in her own good time. <laughs> but she gets over there. We get the cute little reference to the fortune telling cards, which you only would have known if you had a translation of the Japanese manual at the time. Well, sort of. It was it was fairly famous by then that it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I oh think yes. It's a bit, I think it's a bit overdone now as a thing that like everyone knows about Amy Rose, but yeah. But yes, that's it's obviously a nod to. It's like, hey, fans, get it, fans. We're doing everything right this time, and yeah. Yes, I, I should mention because of that. Yeah, that would have been something you wouldn't have known back at the original Sonic CD. Yes. This comic came out to promote. It had been out for a while, but the 2011 remake. Yeah. Um, so right. yes, it, like you said, that e- exactly. This is a like, hey, here's something that fans would have known about, and now we're do- we're doing it correctly, just like you That's said. That's it exactly. Um, I mean, I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember writing the tarot thing into like. Uh, fan comics back in you mm-hmm. know, the, the Sonic Adventure <laughs> 1 sort of era but but we were weird online people by this yeah. time you know this here it is entering a sort of mainstream <laughs> but now the comic is being made by weird online people it all comes <laughs> together <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this right uh, this is a 
very game accurate like it's all exactly you know the the art style is great and matches it very well without copying it directly it's it all looks right it all covers everything they they mention everything that you need to know from the game um but it's i still prefer the stc version even though this is more technically accurate and the reason being is that what the STC version did, it well, and I have to acknowledge the reason being perhaps that I grew up with it. You have to, you have to acknowledge that. But oh, of course, trying to try, trying to look at it objectively, the STC version takes sort of like the key things from the game and goes, okay, how do we make that a story? How do we tie that together? Mm-hmm. This is hampered a bit by the format that it is, which is that it's part of this series where, and I haven't read the others, but presumably they do a similar thing to this, where it's like. We are going to show the game, kind of like when a game is adapted in uh, in a manga, you know, like the official Zelda mangas and things like that, Mm -hmm. where essentially it's a little bit like if you videotaped yourself playing the game while doing a running commentary. So Sonic's going along going like, whoa, look at that. And oh, I'm going through time. You know what I mean? It's sort of Mm -hmm. dialogue put onto the game, which I find less satisfying than than in Sonic CD where it makes it into a little story and there's that time loop and things like that. I think that plays with the same thing in a way that just satisfies me more. But this is way more accurate. This is the name of the game here is to be like, check it out. Look, look. And the tarot cards are, are one example of that. But everything in it, every panel is one of those. Look, look what we did. It's here. It's all here. You skip forward and Eggman is literally in the the first boss yeah. as he's yelling it, which I, I think, Part of part of that also is the issue literally does end with you want to see the rest of the story play Sonic CD. That really annoyed me. I was just getting into it, yeah. and then they go like, "So how does the story?" Because he's like, "We've got to collect the time stones," and I'm like, "Here we go, time travel stuff coming up." And then they're just like, "Now play the game yeah. to find out what happens in the rest of the story." Okay, they do that a lot, yeah. Archie. To be honest, like with the game, is that right? And that is what they did after the terrible Sonic Adventure adaption. Anytime they referenced a game story, it was literally a one shot that said, hey, you want the rest of the story? Go play the game because we're not going to try and shove it into here. That's such a shame. I want them to I want them to take ages, issues and issues and issues to fully tell all the stories. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, that's what, that's <laughs> what they say. To be this good takes ages. <laughs> I, I think you do. Even I, I like this issue a lot. I like these. I, yeah. I do think you have to remember the baggage of this was the second soft reboot where they were in the middle of the and and, you know again it's it's much more complicated than we can get into here but the the legal proceedings that led to the comic being tossed out um but you do because you do even have like eggman it is game robotnik he is in the boss but he is talking to off screen we don't see him but snivelly yeah that that really stood out to me everything is so exactly like get it the games so to have Snively be mentioned, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I don't want that. <laughs> and I think, I think where this concept works better, and we we did episodes on these, uh-huh. is the four issues that adapt Sonic the Fighters and yeah. bring in cut characters like Honey, where not only is it an adaption of Sonic the Fighters where they have a fighting tournament um, for a Chaos Emerald, um, but they also introduce Breezy, a character from Adventures of Sonic, uh-huh. but then to introduce her have a flashback that is taking place in zones in Sonic 2 8-bit. <laughs> so it's not necessarily doing what this comic is doing, which is like you said, here is the game. Here is mm. the, it looks like it, here's the story. It is taking uh, like game accurate things and weaving them all to a story that is actually, 
that whole adaption comes in the middle of of the Sonic Unleashed uh, uh, story where the the continents of the world have been broken up. So basically brought in like toys on a table like, oh, let's take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And that is one of my favorite parts of the the, the late Archie, whereas mm-hmm. I can see where it, it kind of falls short here where, again, like you said, it's very beautiful. It, it's got lots of fun dialogue, like yeah. genuinely, I think, funny and not like the other issue silly but does have that baggage of they intended this to fit into the you know the archie continuity that was going forward and yeah. so it does have some of that that just is yeah he's he's talking to snively oh that's a little weird it just jumps out at you because of how this fe- i mean this reads like that mega drive miniseries they did yeah. where it's like oh this is a the games mm-hmm. comic um and it just yes it just it was just a surprise but to counter that one i really liked was the bit where Amy Rose says, like, oh, if, if you're around, I know nothing bad will happen. But we all know that she's standing in the spot where, in the game, she gets grabbed by Metal Sonic. And it's drawn really recognizably yeah. as that place. That's good. Yeah. I I love, I, I don't know if this comes across in the scans, but I have the physical book uh-huh. in my hands. But there is an ad break in between oh. that and the next panel oh, where brilliant. Metal Sonic comes. So it really is. It's, I am I am now, again, probably from uh, STC, the podcast. I'm a big proponent of you got to leave the ads in. Got to leave so. the ads in. <laughs> it's important. So you get the whole experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love there is an ad break between that. So, you know, could have been a commercial or it, yeah, it's just a little a bit of silence. And then boom, here he comes. All the drawings are really cool. I like oh, yeah. Tracy Yardley is mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. Brilliant. I did think I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be harsh on this because what they've done here is a lovely thing. And I'm glad they did it. This whole comic, I mean. But it does feel rushed that it does it oh, feels like they're trying mm-hmm. to cram way too long of a story into not enough pages. And that's why when you hit that, like, well, I guess we'll like not finish the story, it, it feels like it's written a, up against a tight deadline or something. It, it isn't. It's yeah. just that... Well, it might have been. I don't know. But, the, but I only say that because it just feels like this should have been a 48-page special or something. And so it is a shame that one of the, the potentially coolest things in the game, the time travel... Is just becomes a three-page little gag, a good one. It's it, I love. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that we get to see so many pasts and futures, but it is reduced to Sonic just kind of finding out he can travel through time and going, "Oh, what does the past look like? Oh, what does the future look like? Okay, I'll go back home then." And it feels like if there'd been more time, that could have been a whole thing. Whereas right now, it it almost feels like reading an illustrated wiki of what sonic cd is you know it's like <laughs> then you go back in time and you destroy this ro- machine and then you go forward in time and sonic's going like oh look a projection of metal sonic it's almost like these are the illustrations that should have been in the manual next to telling you about these things yes this is why i'm always going to be such a big proponent of archie's Mega Man comic mm-hmm. because that oh. starts from the beginning mm-hmm. and tells mm-hmm. the game stories of the games they're given time and they build up the world around it and they build context right. for it that that comic was the biggest loss of archie not sonic like uh, yeah why did that why, why did that end up a victim of the whole thing i don't think it was selling very well which is a shame because it was great I, I think it was just a victim of archie wanting to move away from licensed properties because that sorry, I, yeah. I said that assuming that they all stopped at about the same time. I don't know when Mega Man was running. Mega Man stopped a little bit before Sonic, and I, right. maybe 
like Sonic definitely came out of nowhere. Mega Man, they set up well in advance that, oh yeah, no, we're going on indefinite hiatus. Right. Uh, so that that was got a sort of finale, whereas Sonic just kind of stopped. Oh God, yeah, I remember. I remember like when there hadn't been, there should have been a Sonic issue, and there hadn't been for a few weeks. And I remember people going mm-hmm. like, "Oh, why is there no comic? Why is there no issue? Is, is it over? Has it been axed?" And yes, it turned out it had. Surprise. Yeah. I I hate to I hate to say because again I'm holding the physical copy in my hand mm. that the uh, enormous uh, banner across yeah. the top that has squished the cover down uh-huh. uh, advertising the Riverdale television show uh-huh. that also extends oh, all the God. way onto the back of the book might have something to do with Archie the company wanting to mm. divest themselves from licensed properties they do not own and also the CW show that has been running for. God, very long time now. <laughs> I gotta say, another amazing two-page splash. Yes, I can't believe we haven't mentioned it. it. It's it's clearly a deliberate nod to the previous one. Yeah, and they've gone like, oh, we're gonna destroy the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's even a comparison yes. in the uh, the letter from the editor, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it very very beautiful very pretty it is an amazing two-page like 3 dfization of the whole race from that bit in the game covered in little references to things that do happen in it it's brilliantly Ooh. drawn it's brilliantly mapped out it has a real 3d space to it. it all the little gags are drawn just great i've one small critique but it isn't of the art it's the fact that in the bottom right-hand corner of the page, there's no uh, dialogue. Uh, well, there's one balloon right at the start, but there's mostly yeah. no dialogue. And in the bottom right-hand corner of the page, the, the last thing that happens, the last detail, is that bit where Metal Sonic smashes into the wall. But it because it's, it, it's just given the same amount of... Do you know what I mean? It's on a page of loads of random little things happening. So you by that time, you don't necessarily feel like you have to be reading this page so much as just like glancing around it and going, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that that moment, because it is the defeat of Metal Sonic, should have been highlighted. It should have happened on the next page, I think. Just a reminder that Metal, Metal Sonic is just a jobber. Yeah. When it comes down to it. uh, it's one of those things that might be too faithful to the games yeah. because, yeah, he's just kind of unceremoniously smashed Bang. at the end of here. It just slaps into all. I did want to point out this panel on the previous page that's mm-hmm. just Sonic standing next to Metal Sonic yeah. on a white background. And Metal Sonic just, I, I don't know, it's just the way it's been drawn. He has the funniest little Playmobil fingers. And- <laughs> well, and look, Sonic's t- tweaking his nose. That's got to be an anime reference, right? Uh, sorry, what do we call it yeah, now? The OVA? Yeah. Those. I just love if I was if I was uh, you know given given we've gotten the previous two issues a very mean menacing Metal Sonic yeah. if I was mean I would say oh this one looks too kiddified but no I love he's just standing right there just it's ready fun. to go and yeah it's, nice. <laughs> it's great I love it this one's definitely got some influence from like the generations 3D model but then right below you get a nice panel of him uh, rocketing forward with his hand out you know with those claws so. yeah. it's such a good like and Tracy isn't trying to and generally doesn't try to like complicate things it's just the shapes it's just like yeah i've got Mm -hmm. i've got quite a thick pen i'm not gonna zoom in too far i've just drawn the right shape to make this look good it's great i love this style so much 
What I was going to say about the, uh, the... This is going back to Metal Sonic hitting the door. What none of this communicates... In, in When you do a comic in which Sonic goes on a race against Metal Sonic and the last thing that happens is he hits in a wall, he runs into a wall and kills himself. That's the end of Metal Sonic. <laughs> that seems so silly. It seems so cartoony. But what they can't get across, because it's a comic, is that what that is in the game is that, like... It's the fact that you get through it before he does. Yes. Playing the game makes it feel like that was a threat that might have been yours. And instead, you bested it and he ran into it. Finally. This final time. Because you don't beat it your first time. So you've had a few goes and then you're like, yes, I did it. And the door comes down. It's yes. But unfortunately, yeah, in a comic, if that's the only thing that happens and the first thing that happened and that Sonic just succeeded first time. It's silly. There's very little threat here. Like, it's just this foregone conclusion that Sonic's winning this. Almost, no, like, bolstered by your knowledge that you know how this goes yeah. in the game. Yeah. It, which does speak to the the wonderful uniqueness of games as a medium, is that you can participate in a narrative, mm. but see these multiple aspects. And then, like you said, when you succeed, it's like, oh, that was it. Yeah. I I did it. Yeah. I get to push the story forward now. Yeah, you, you know what would have happened and what happens the majority of times. Unless, against the odds, you get it right. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, translate that into a game. And this goes for all game adaptation comics. This does go for the Zelda mangas and all this sort of stuff. Oh, yes. If if the hero just walks through the world succeeding at everything, it's a bit annoying. (laughs) Well, that just goes back to your point of of STC doing something game-like, but its own unique story it you know it it is putting the story before this has to be a game and you know there's and i am not saying that i you know either one is necessarily the objectively better mm. but as far as yeah like you said the story aspect is yeah you don't have that in that one because there is a unique threat from metal yeah this is a great handbook a great companion piece to the game which as a fan of the game, you can look through it and go, oh, look at this. Look what I've got. This is lovely. All these drawings of the game I played are just right. But if you want a story, go to Nigel Kitching. Yeah. He's telling a story with the aspects from the game, the time travel, and going little. Nobody else seems interested in doing the going little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even <laughs> though, like, like we said, that was it made a huge impact on everyone <laughs> in that game. <laughs> yeah, it really does go back to to your your original point way back at the beginning of it is part of, and I'm making some assumptions here, talking about business, etc. I don't know yep. anybody's thought presses at Sega, but it does seem the they want this character and uh, to be like the games, but also. They want it to be, you know, part of the changes at Archie is this needs to be a quality product, but also has to serve the game. I like that that's one of the changes going on at Archie. This has to be a quality product. (laughs) Yes. I mean, (laughs) come on. (laughs) But it does have to serve. Yeah, it is a a completely different medium. It is a storytelling medium that is also in service of the the narrative of the games. And so, yeah, you are going to have uh, some sacrifices made. Yeah. And... um, it is. It's very interesting. That is a very interesting thing to look at some of this this media through that lens. To where even where you know, uh, me and Luke especially, or everybody was talking about, we'd love this this later Archie because it was people who are fans, um, not throwing everything out, but spinning it into something that is actually coherent. Mm. But also, yeah, realizing that 
Um, you could take something like a Sonic CD adaption and do an entire story and make it fit into that medium better than just saying, you know, at the end, okay, kids, now go play the rest of the game. Um, That's so frustrating. Uh, there should have been a second issue that was just collecting the time stones and doing... I mean, to be fair, I would have been happy with any issue coming out after this. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. At the same time, I do have the utmost respect for the, you know, Ian and the rest of the crew who were told me, I'm sure were told by the people in charge says, no, you've got 22 pages. You got to make this fit. And I would say they, they made it fit. Yeah. So this is the last, this, this is the last issue Archie yes. put out of Sonic. Yes. So the yep. last thing, the last panels of comic that Archie ever put out of Sonic the Hedgehog was Ratfink going past Dr. Robotnik as a crossing guard because Sonic <laughs> in, is a cop the, now. In the off-panel referencing Waku Waku Sonic No Patrol Car. <laughs> wow, okay. I love the last thing that actually happens in the comic main comic itself is telling you to play the games. So yes. It's like, yeah, good, yeah. good idea, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough of this. Um, you're on your own. Does the game still exist, yeah. I guess? Bye! Yeah, I mean, like we said, it was not the last planned issue, mm. and they didn't they didn't even get to finish the four part that would have ended with Sonic Three. And it's Knuckles, so sad that the final page says oh. last next issue Genesis of a Hero finale, and it's a, oh. a obvious Sonic Three and Knuckles. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh well, it, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I bet yeah. it's all produced. I bet it's all drawn, and we're just never allowed to see it. There's a line art out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm. I know several several artists, I, I'm pretty sure Tracy included, have shared some of what they've been allowed to share. Mm. And from what I remember, Ian has been for years talking about wanting to, in some official yeah. capacity, release something yeah. that would be a companion to explain what the plans were. I think so. that Ian is even holding out the possibility of actually like doing some kind of a continuation because that is something mm. that IDW has occasionally dabbled in. Like, yeah. Actually, multiple times they've gone back to like the world of the Marvel Transformers comics and done like sequels and prequels to that because, you know, it's all their own characters. Yeah. But and I think that Ian's like, well, I'm going to hang on to this just in case because either I can get some new ideas for the IDW series out of that or maybe just maybe I might be able to actually, you know, do some of those continuing stories like the metal virus was a thing originally meant for Archie. Really? Yeah. Oh. Imagine how we're about to get a sort of, you know, in some ways, for the sort of people we are, historic re-release of Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Wouldn't it be nice if ID, if they were like, at IDW, they're like, hey, uh, we've got a cool way we could promote this. How about, let's say, a six-part miniseries telling the story of Sonic 3 and Knuckles? Just, just, yeah. just try that. Yeah. I would not object. <laughs> this sort reason. of style, and they just do it as like a proper little series. Be lovely. Turns out, doing adapting Sonic Three and Knuckles into a comic form turns out pretty good all the time. <laughs> yeah, generally speaking. I found my um, my own six part script for it that I wrote when I was a, <laughs> about twenty or something that me and Abby were going to draw back in the day. <laughs> I might post it somewhere. It's <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Is it the Angel Island, Island name? Angel Island, Angel Island story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is something STC will forever have over mm -hmm. uh, Archie because they never did a proper Sonic 3 and Knuckles adaptation. They, they, did, they broke it up a, a, in a weird yeah. way to introduce Knuckles yeah. and then did their own 
death egg story which was basically sonic 2 instead mm. and so they just completely dropped the ball on that long live stc <laughs> i can't believe it i don't know why they weren't interested in doing sonic right mm. <laughs> sorry it's mostly bants and here we are with our final comic sonic 290 this is definitely my favorite adaptation of Sonic CD in the comics. I love the art style and the pacing of the comic overall. The layouts are clean and they look just really, really good, especially around the middle with three pages that follow a repeating motif of four rectangular boxes per page. It really helps show Sonic's actions and speed while also really showcasing each zone quickly and efficiently. It's a fun way to not get into the minutia of here's this zone and then here's this zone. You just go bam, 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 and it just works out so great. I also really enjoy the huge one-page spread of Sonic and Metal Sonic's race in Stardust Speedway. It's just cartoony looking, but it also has a lot of fun little details in it. Sonic's face changes in a lot of really great ways, <laughs> and I'm always a big fan of that, especially in the comics. Metal Sonic himself looks the least intimidating in this style as opposed to the other two comics being talked about today, but I still think he looks really cool. He's kind of got that old Sonic-style pudginess to him. <laughs> And I gotta mention how cool it is to see the intro animation of the game referenced and sort of redrawn as the intro to the comic. It's, I mean, it's such a standout piece of animation. Uh, like I said, when we talked about Sonic CD, I watched that intro animation over and over and over again. So it's cool to see it not only paid homage, but redrawn in the style of late Archie. It's a lot of fun. As far as the writing goes, I enjoyed it a lot. I love that they nodded to Amy's card reading that was in the game's manual, and I really loved the fact that Robotic just accidentally reveals his plan, because it's a really fun twist on the whole big villain monologue trope. I also thought it was legitimately funny that when Amy got kidnapped, Sonic's first thought was, wow, Metal Sonic's fast. <laughs> he wanted to see how fast he was, and he got excited about that. I know that, you know, Sonic's always had this sort of push and pull, mostly push, relationship with Amy, but it's still funny to see it in that context. Overall, I thought this adaptation was just really satisfying to read and look at. It is definitely one of my favorites, and honestly, I'm probably going to read it again sometime soon because it's just fun to look at. It is interesting seeing like uh, them handle Sonic CD properly this time, because but but when you actually look at 25 and how they had like Amy Rose in it, I'm surprised that she made it in considering that the how the QS manual for Sonic CD actually was. They called her Princess Sally, oh, right? Oh yes. Did you hear about that, Dave? Like that Princess Sally was in yeah, the place. Yeah, ju they just they of, just uh, incorrectly or like they just thought, oh, let's do some let's do some brand synergy here. That's a girl. We've got a girl. Let's just name her Sally Acorn <laughs> in our or Princess Sally in our manual, right? Let me just uh, bring it up. I think I've, I actually had them on standby because yeah. these these are fun to. These read are the kind of things again. that we always have on standby, just because it's fun. always like we know we're going to go off on tangents like this. Sally, the oh, it's way more involved than I thought. I thought they just did a name swap. Yeah, right. Sally, the beautiful young squirrel, plodding after him in knee-high blue boots. He grinned at her. No way, Sal. There's no time to waste. But the thing is, right? That's really weird because I thought what it was was that they went. Okay, for, for brand synergy, that pink hedgehog we're going to call Sally. Right. Or Princess Sally, or Sally Acorn, or one of, the, one of those. No, they are going on about a squirrel in knee-high blue boots, none of which is... Yeah, no, yeah. They, they did not just control F Amy replace with Sally. They're just being wrong. You see how they end the second page, yeah. it's okay, pretty wild. It, it was a choice. Second page. Um... Oh, wow, oh! Okay. Right. Okay, then. <laughs> Bye, then. Bye, then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. You got me. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, <laughs> right. This is one of those. This is one of your little, one of your littles. Dave, Dave, I have bad news for you. I can't even. The concept art was also fake. Yeah, no, clearly. As, as, as was that issue of uh, Archie Sonic. <laughs> right. What? How many things were fake? <laughs> we'll never tell. So skillet, skillet's fake. Skillet's fake. Yes. Knuckles as the eyes is fake. That oh. entire Archie storyline I came up with was fake. The one you were telling me about <laughs> where they make duplicate uh, Metal Sonics. Yep. Oh. oh, you japery people. You're just a load of japery people is what you are. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Listeners, what finally clued me in was that as I was reading through this completely fake page of the manual, it turns out, all that stuff about knee-high blue boots, it ends in... <laughs> That's what you think, Robotnik, Sonic called out before pulling out his signature Smith & Wesson pistol, flaunting his God-given right to bear arms! <laughs> oh, in that moment... It's an American manual, Dave. Yeah, no fair. <laughs> we, are, we are very crazy about that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to personally save face when I say this, mm. but I as soon as... These guys told me that you were <laughs> on board to guest. Uh, they immediately started hatching this, and I said, I'll just stay quiet. You guys go as long as possible. <laughs> oh, did you have any more, or was that the... Is that the those, those were the three. That was, that, it was the rule of three, you know. Good, good, good. Yes, Luke did come out. He, he went out of his way to draw <laughs> some panels from the, the fake Archie story. Oh, show me! <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I did not get a yes. chance to use these. Show me! Oh, so the so the the emperor thing that he yeah, was yeah like in. I I, I, came, yes. I came up with this whole story about how Ian wanted to do STC but you know he couldn't be too specific so he's like I had I'm gonna stick in a line about he's emperor of all these but I can't call him emperor metallics and you know I came up with all this concept where you know concept art you got to start with the most extreme thing and then work your way backwards to find yep. what the client's comfortable with so I started out by having Tracy <laughs> draw old tales with only one tail and then Sega said no and we worked oh, backwards nice. from there. <laughs> you were yeah. very elaborate with this description. Oh, oh, and then and then I also f- found ways to like tie in. Okay, what can I tie it in with actual Archie issues to make it sound real? So it's like after this metal <laughs> gets found by Uncle Chuck and turned back into uh, Shard, the Metal Sonic. Oh, like- <laughs> I might have believed that. Yeah. So what yeah. are you holding up in that photo? Did you just print it out and put it in yeah, a baggie? Yeah. No, I, I printed out. Chris drew the cover. I printed it out and put it inside, like on top of an actual <laughs> issue inside one of my boards. That's way too much work for this. <laughs> yes, it is. That's why we did it. For an audio medium that no one's going to be able they, to appreciate. I told them, I said, please, we have to at least use this in like the thumbnail for the yeah. episode because y'all are going <laughs> insane. What I am looking at, guys, is a believable picture of someone holding a copy of Archie in a comic bag. You know, this is the one with the with the you know, the sort of platform thing that's like the Emperor Metallics one, but legally distinct. It's enough that it yeah. could have been what they did. Because what? Because <laughs> what they've based this prank around is that I will believe that Archie did a load of old stupid nonsense, and they were right. <laughs> <to do that. laughs> I mean, we we were serious about them, you know, getting a talking to after sneaking in SCC characters. That is an actual thing. So. I know. Yes. Yeah, we mixed in some truth with the lies. That's the best way to do. Yeah. So. I don't think I would have believed this. Doctor Eggman is alive, page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I never <laughs> finished the shading enough. on that one. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and yeah, this isn't even uh, these aren't even the ones that you sa- you know saved compressed is like bad JPEGs oh, to, to again hide some. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dave, I, I'll be honest, I was expecting you to call us out earlier, but the, <laughs> the fact that you weren't along with we like, okay, we'll move on to the where next did you one think later. where did you think I would call them? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought like early on you would get sick of us talking. About <laughs> oh, I'm very it. polite. I did. I got very sick of you talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're British like that. Thank you, yeah. You know, maybe that was why I was a little nervous. Here it is, famous <laughs> Sonic podcaster Dave Bulmer coming on our show. And y'all are going to fucking torture him over the course of the no, episode. No, that, is, him over the whole episode. that is well on brand. Yeah. I am extremely on board with that sort of thing. I've been led down a very merry garden path. <laughs> Do you know what's really annoying? Is I've seen Falero post those before. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is that is what spurned That's this. Is he shared the old ones, like the, the what was the specific one, the the one man extra yeah. life and all that. Yeah, <laughs> basically having the version of the European manuals yeah. where they use all those like wrong terms from the Sonic quiz, <laughs> like Toxo mm. for yes. Mega Mac. You got me with that as well. Yeah, I just can't count on you to pay attention to things. That, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, base a prank around the fact that you know I'm not really listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I cannot think of a better note to end this. Episode on. <laughs> Honestly, cannot thank you yeah. enough for for playing along <laughs> and 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 guesting on our our conversation, Dave. It's this has been a delight. Yeah, it's been a it's laugh. been a blast. Thank you. I'll, I'll come on again. This was good fun. <laughs> oh, for certain. I I am curious if this is at all convinced you to read more Archie. Um. Sort of, because I've always had it in me to want to read Archie. Like, you know, I, I do remember being an excited 15-year-old, finding out about it for the first time, and getting getting them sent to me by American friends, you know? Um, and I've, I've even got some of them in the other room that, that were sent to me then. And I have that feeling of excitement. I remember taking... I've so, I got, I got mail from America! Have you ever heard of that place, America, <laughs> the one on TV? I've got some mail from it. Back when that was still exciting. <laughs> And sitting in the car after school, having fizzed all day waiting to read them and reading them and getting through them. And they're not good, though, are they? <laughs> it, it, they take a while to get good. You know, near the beginning, you mentioned you'd recorded something with Bobby Schroeder, who yeah. runs the Thanks Contenders yes. blog. And her, not only are her articles and her writing on that mm. blog very good just objectively yes. good writing it's it might be what i would point people towards as far as you can experience the parts of archie that are silly without having yeah, to read all of definitely. those books and then when they start to get good just yeah pick up those books <laughs> absolutely yeah and and i do still have a soft spot for like what people thought of it like because when i was first getting on on the internet i was just before Endgame, and people would get like there was there was mm. fear in the air people were like Thought it, they thought the series was ending, as did the people making it, yeah. and it, it mm-hmm. seemed like finally, like they killed Sally. It was a, if you if you weren't there, you don't know how big that was and how controversial it was. Oh my goodness, that really is a uh, that is when you talk about like formative mm. memories of your childhood. I do distinctly remember the countdown yeah. to that and getting that first yeah. part of that, and I was gosh what eight, mm. nine years old. And yes, it was the most dramatic thing that I had ever encountered in my yeah. life. And, and, they, <laughs> and they did a Sonic movie on it. All the, the, the fans all hated it. So they did it again and they re-released it. But like, with like more pages to explain <laughs> yeah. the story. Yeah, this time. the director's, the director's cut. Cut. Yeah. 
Oh, Sonic. Oh, Sonic. As before, so ever. Now, again, like you said, the story itself, outside of that, the, the great art and ever, is rubbish. It's garbage. <laughs> it's bad. It ends with a cool Sonic Robotnik fight, but, you mm. know... <laughs> like you said, you, you you cannot erase those those formative no. memories. So, yeah, I'm not tainted by that nostalgia. No. I looked back on that as an adult, and I was like, "Wow!" This <laughs> I, I, read, I read the first part as a kid and was so traumatized, I never read the other three parts. <laughs> yes, I'll read Archie one day. Of course, I will. I nearly spent there was a there was like you know those little digest books they brought out of it. Yeah. Um, I nearly bought the complete collection for like eighty some quid on eBay, and I just didn't feel confident in spending that amount of money on something I wasn't going to enjoy. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it got delisted and then relisted and I nearly bought it and then delisted and relisted and I nearly bought it and then somebody else bought it. So that... Oh, and those were in the UK. Oh. So, like, you know, I, I can't afford them from America. Like, right. do you know what I mean? Because of yeah. the, because of the post-Brexit postage and packaging. Well, now we can ethically pirate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea for you to read, Archie, so no one can pull a prank on you like this again. <laughs> I don't know if that payoff is worth it. You know, I feel I feel like, no, prank me a no. few more times and I don't have to read Archie. No, I will. By the way, <laughs> it, I am not really as harsh on Archie as the joke is on SDCDP. But also, <laughs> of course. also, I sort of, I'm tapping in. It's like how, you know, if whatever side of the console war you were on, if that was a thing you were involved in. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was on both sides. But if you were, you're all always going to joke about it and you're always secretly going to believe it for the rest of your life i'm like that with archie i am joking about how anti-archie i am but i remember when i was it's always going to be in my dna somewhere it's the team i'm on as it were if anyone gets upset i'm talking about the penderzero i'm not talking about when ian flint oh, yeah. that. I, I wasn't paying any attention by then you're talking about whatever ones they also don't like exactly <laughs> well it's what ran concurrently with stc but yeah basically yeah, that will just about do things for this episode. So you can find me on Twitter at Cyberlink420. You can find me on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy. That's G R and the number eight. And you can find me on Twitter at Falero. That's F A U L E R R O. I think that's how it goes. And uh, Dave, since you are a guest, could you uh, would you mind plugging your socials and any other projects you've got going? All right. Well, uh, so my name is Dave Bulmer. You'll find me on Twitter at Demon Tomato Dave, blithering on all day. And um, and I'm a YouTuber of old, uh, so you can find me on YouTube. Same Demon Tomato Dave. I'm Demon Tomato Dave everywhere. But the main thing I do that your listeners will be interested in is that every two weeks I put out another episode of Sonic the Comic the Podcast with my co-host Chris McFeely off of Transformers The Basics on YouTube. And we are two elderly gentlemen who remember exactly what it was like to be reading the old version of Sonic, the original version of Sonic from before they changed everything to the way it is now. Over here in Britain, we had our own comic that depicted things a little bit more closely to the games than you might have found elsewhere. And we are really going to town making sure that we put you in that space. So we're put, we, we, we don't skip the adverts. We don't skip the letters. We don't even skip the fan art. We describe it all to you over an audio medium. <laughs> and at any point when an, an advert mentions, I don't know, certain gifts that you used to be able to get free with a pack of fr- Kellogg's Frosties, which is uh, British for Frosted Flakes, we will go into great detail telling you about our memories of those things and what it was like. But we properly, we try and put you there. It's not just like, a, I remember, I had that. <laughs> it was nice. No, we take you 
by the lapels and we shake you about and we throw you down the pit into 1990s three to six and we put the adverts tv adverts we play them theme tunes we put them on we put all the music in it's very very edited and it's a soundscape and if you listen to episode eight where we cover the origin story of Sonic. You've heard of it. Kinterbore, all of that. Yep. We do it as like a full audio drama and everything. I really, really <laughs> went to town editing a soundscape of sound effects for you to live inside. So, Sonic the Comic, the podcast, I really think if you like this, you'll like that. You'll find it at uh, STCTP, Sonic the Comic, the podcast, stctp.wigglehe.com. Sorry, that's for my own reasons. Um, <laughs> and But just search for it. Sonic the Comic, the podcast, or nip onto Twitter. It's at Sonic Podcast. Yeah, eat that. Sorry to everybody else with a Sonic podcast, but we managed to get at Sonic Podcast on Twitter. We were absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in 2019, nobody had that yet. What the hell? I I, I don't even know. What the hell? Nobody had registered at Sonic. Anyway, so yeah, see you there. And the theme tune is synchronized by Sonic the Comic, the band. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, a, a real band. I I cannot thank you enough for being our guest, and I cannot recommend enough that people listen to STCTP. Um, I, I think it it would be hard for me to deny that without that, like we would not also be inspired to get all of our old asses together to talk about Sonic oh, things we like. Yes, um, and it it, it genuinely has been a delight as someone who did not grow up with Sonic the comic to mm-hmm. experience it for the first time, reading them and then listening to you guys Great. who have such genuine fun and admiration. And like you said, you, you really do like pull it into an experience of, of going back into the nineties. And even if it is like, you know, I am an American and I'm kind of divorced from a lot of uh, the British pop culture. It is so fun to, to experience that secondhand. So absolutely people should check that out. If they have any curiosity, uh, passing liking for Sonic in general. I, I'm absolutely in the same boat. Like I didn't uh-huh. know, used to know who Mr. Blobby was, and now I'm as traumatized <laughs> as the rest of you. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> the great, thing. Though in the in the comic, they'll just mention because there's pop culture references in it, like there is in Archie, like there's in everything. And if they mention something that we're like. Mm. The Americans listening won't know about that. We will do a deep dive. Like there are there are British people who didn't know it as much about Mr. Blobby as we tell you in that episode. <laughs> like, oh, and the rest of us are more, that's more what he was. It. It's good stuff. It's good. And stuff. Speaking on a like a personal level, as uh-huh. someone who did grow up with STC mm-hmm. in England, uh, man, this is it's such a it's not just a fun podcast. It's a validating podcast. It's actually yeah. made me feel a little more secure about myself as an STC fan. Good for the longest time, you were like, you see people say, "Oh, Fleetway, the Duh. weird one." God, and it's like no, <laughs> but it was good though. But you start you get gaslit by it for a while. Like you know, maybe he wasn't. How is Fleetway the weird one? When the one that's considered the normal one is as much about a cowardly Frenchman as it is about Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think that Archie fans have room to call Fleetway the weird one when, and I quote, had a bad dream, better microwave the baby. (laughs) Yeah, we never did that. That's how Knuckles came about. But it is just a glimpse of what it's like, not just to be a Sonic fan at that time, but to be a kid in the 90s, uh, growing up with all this sort of stuff, because so much of our nostalgia has been replaced by American stuff. Sorry, American friends, but it's true. 
It was. We called it the NES, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> there was no video game crash. We all just carried on merrily playing games. We had it's dizzy. Go- when you had a video game crash, we had dizzy and Chucky Egg, and we were happy. <laughs> you and your Amigas. I suppose we didn't have dizzy yet. That's wrong. But yes, oh, there's a lot of Amiga content. Yeah, no, we're try- we're trying to redress the fact that in the early days of the when when all when the when the ancient texts were written in the early Sonic Internet. <laughs> Americans had free internet access and we had to pay by the minute. So it's all American. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we're trying to redress that and be like, no, 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 this was happening then too. It's just as valid. It's better. And it's just as good. <laughs> Why? We could, there, there I am going, I'll go like, our oh, comic's so good. Have you seen what's happening? Running wild, supersonic. Look, it's amazing. It's very. Meanwhile, the Americans are going like, we hate this. Sally's being killed. This is awful. And that's <laughs> the main one? No! <laughs> We have redressed this balance and we're trying to make a, a like ultimate compendium of th- this comic. And I think we're succeeding. We've just yeah. passed our third birthday and we're in the fourth year of, of the podcast. And like that's that's a lot of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Foof. So yeah, come and join us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, as somebody who has largely been ignorant to that side of the story, mm-hmm. it has been a delight learning about all that stuff. Lovely. Yeah, come along and learn the value of a pound coin day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys, like, listening to this will have seen that animation without knowing what yeah. it is. <laughs> yep. Speaking of theme songs, special thanks, as always, to Amy Waters for our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp. Uh, and also, I believe Jake has a little something to say. Hey, just wanted to sneak into the podcast one more time. Uh, I wanted to say, Dave, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's a bummer that I didn't get to be there live with all of y'all at the same time, but hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast soon and you and I will be able to actually converse and talk back and forth with each other. And I imagine it's just going to be a super fun time. Uh, Again, thank you and keep doing Sonic the Comic, the podcast. I'm a big fan now. Thank you. Brilliant. Converting the Uh, youth. Yep. Dave, he isn't even that young. We just, we just treat <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> that said, though, Jake will be here for our next episode, which is going to get controversial because we're going into what I think a lot of people consider the start of the dark times. Ooh. We're going to be taking a look back at the one and only Sonic Heroes. <laughs> mm. Oh, we get from all this good Metal Sonic stuff to that. <laughs> that was the moment I mean, that I stepped off buying Sonic games. That that was mm, it. That game was mm. why I wasn't a Sonic fan for a long time. I'm I'm interested to not only go back and play it, but also uh, like research. Like for the first time in my life, I've actually looked up like the development history of some of these oh. games, and I also think for. Uh, you know, good and bad reasons that it was a, a a turn for the development of Sonic games with Heroes. But I think it'll be interesting to talk about that. You know, we we opened the whole podcast talking about the adventure titles and mostly our good feelings about them. And now I think I'm ready to explore some complicated uh, <laughs> nostalgia with um, some of these games. But it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But until next time, I've been Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Falero. And I'm Dave Bulmer. Die, furry scum! <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, thank you again, Dave. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>